Today's episode of Puck Soup is sponsored by Squarespace. The future is coming. The robot armies are amassing. Make it brighter with Squarespace. <laughs> Sam Waterston would like you to know that you can get robot insurance. <laughs> I miss the old SNL. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website, showcase your work, blog, or publish content, even sell your products and services of all kind in just a few clicks. You can customize everything from the look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there is nothing to install or patch or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com for free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the promo code PUCKSOUP, all one word, P-U-C-K-S-O-U-P, to save 10% off your first purchase. That's PUCKSOUP, all one word, when you're ready to launch at squarespace.com to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Did I ever talk about how I made a website in college? It was a New Jersey Devils alumni site. Alumni? It was a, during a winter break. Did you have was, like old people's like like contact info? I needed to uh, – I was there by myself basically because all my friends were back home. I needed to stay there to get extra credits because I did not do well in math. And, uh, and I was exploring the World Wide Web is what it was called at the time and – trying to figure out if I could make a website. So I tried to make one that was going to be like a hockey DB for the Devils and talking about like Devils alumni and, and maybe even interviewing people like Jim Corn one day or, uh, you know, Craig Willannon. Kevin Todd. Kevin Todd. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a database where like the alumni could like commiserate. Commi- oh, no, no. That would have been uh, useful. <laughs> Mine was uh, a Devils logo, logo that was um, – misshapen and oversized and then i think i had words that blinked that was the extent of my html knowledge at that point and you just like ripped patrick sundstrom all day for not being tough enough in front of the net because he was a european or something is that what you were doing <laughs> i was gonna it was gonna be a celebration we'd have like a devil of the day never never <laughs> like, i put it but then all my friends came back and i'm like what oh skull vodka for 4.99 at the liquor store that's in the bottom of drawer of your of your dresser sure why not and then I was done. What's better, Devil of the Day or Patriot of the Week? What would you rather win? You'd rather win Patriot of the Week. Yeah. Because Did I mean, you see the Tom Brady chugging the beer thing? Yeah, I did. Uh, something not right about that. There's something not right about something. a lot of things involving Tom Brady these days. <laughs> also, I love I lo- the greatest moment of Please Like My Sport was this week involving Tom Brady where like there's a picture of Brady's hand and the scar on it. And, oh, like, yeah. You know, oh, the was injury. there stuff for that? I didn't even consider that. And, uh. then, and, then, and then somebody somebody said like, hi, Mary Lemieux uh, had cancer treatment in the morning and then played a playoff game at night. And I'm like, oh, that is peak. Just Please a, love my sport. Just the worst fucking uh, sport. You know what sport you should love? Figure skating. You know why? Huh. Because you could watch I, Tanya now. Nominated for three Academy Awards, I, Tanya is the hilariously twisted hmm. film. Who's in it? About one of the most sensational scandals in sports history. Producer Margot Robbie, an Academy Award winner for mm. Best Supporting Actress Allison Janney, starred in this darkly funny and entertaining examination of Tanya Harding, the most controversial figure in the history of figure skating. Hmm. And the headline-grabbing scandal that mesmerized a nation. I, I, the movie was really interesting, and, yeah. and Robbie killed it. Technically, we, this means we've, we now have Margot Robbie on the podcast, right? Technically, it's true. Because we're not just mentioning her off, yeah. offhand. Where right. she's, she's been integrated here via this, this, this movie. See an incredible performance by Margot Robbie and see a, a performance by Allison Janney where she has a bird on her shoulder. I, Tanya is now available on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Check it out now. And here's the show.
Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got spoiler commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. Hey everybody, I'm Dave. Dave Lozo. That's it, I'm done. And I'm Greg Wyshynski of the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN. And you... Where are we? Are in a studio somewhere in Manhattan. No, they're not. We are. In which... We are. We broadcast mm-hmm. the award-winning, eventually... We haven't won any awards. ...podcast... It is a podcast. ...known as... Two Idiots... Formerly noticed as Puck Soup. <laughs> and you're in it. <laughs> Chris Hardwick's show got renewed, by the way. Which one? The Wall. The one that we never wanted to talk shit on because he what the used to work for Nerdist. What's The Wall? Oh, will they just fucking steal Plinko from The Price is Right? <laughs> Isn't that like LeBron James's show, too? Isn't he like an executive producer of... Yeah, it's something like that. Big Plinko, basically? It's, it's, big, it's big Plinko, but then also it's that thing that they used to do on... Uh, um, deal or no deal where it, like it, there's two genres of game shows now there's ones where the people on the game show are just avatars who are there and we watch them go through the rigors of the game so mm-hmm. like um a price is right or, or wheel of fortune you get a little bit of biographical information but it's basically about the game it's all you care about right it's all right. you care about the uh, then you have the other side of the now I've created the game show spectrum apparently, <laughs> where it is this fucking biographical nonsense where it's like deal or no deal where instead of just like opening up the cases the models are holding we have to learn Joe's a firefighter and his Dalmatian ran away several I know. years ago and his cousin had rickets and save and, it you know and save it's it Joe whole thing here pick a like, suitcase boy I wish I could win that million dollars to help my cousin with rickets and buy a new, get a new dog and then it's like a whole thing and that goes on for a fucking hour here's the here's the other part of the spectrum that you're not considering there's a Price is Right spectrum where it's just yeah. regular folks bidding on prizes psyched to be on the Price is Right. right then you have yours where it's like you know Joe and his rickets and then there's like I was watching the, the Snoop Dogg uh, Joker's Wild mm. Back in the day, like for sure, people went on game shows because they wanted to get famous. They were like, you know, aspiring actors and actresses. But now they're so performative as guests or as as contestants that it sucks. Like they're just clearly, you know, rehearsed stuff they wanted to say while they're out there. And I hate that. Like I just love the natural people that are on The prices, Right. There, I think where you see that most, your uh, your thought, and I agree with you, is Jeopardy. Back in the day, Jeopardy mm-hmm. used to be – Insular nerds who didn't really want to be on television right, so but are super smart. And is, that, is, that what is that what you're calling Barry Pajeski? Barry Pajeski was the greatest example of that. The insular nerd. Barry Pajeski did not go on Jeopardy to win to be to be a famous guy. He wanted to be the famous Deadspin nerd. He wanted to win the money and, and be and more so than anything be a Jeopardy champion. And I think Ken Jennings was the same thing. But I think over time. The personalities of these Jeopardy contestants came out. You get more goofy ass answers in the final Jeopardy from people who don't know the answer, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's where we've seen that change. I think the midpoint of between the the game is the most important thing, and people are just functions of the game. And the Chris Hardwick, tell me more about your family. Can you be on Talking the Wall uh, <laughs> uh, kind of game show? Is uh, after who, after midnight or no after at midnight? Who is uh, <laughs> after points? At mid- after at midnight, we're going to talk about this game. I hated that show. Um, it was just bad. It was just tweets you heard earlier in the day. It, <laughs> That's all it was. True. 
um, is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I feel like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is a show where yeah. you're totally invested in the game, and it being it's trivia, are they going to use your lifeline, blah, blah, blah. But also it's the biographical nonsense shit as you learn more about the person as they keep going and going and going. It's not so much the biographical nonsense. It's like you want to get like a genuine response to stuff. You don't want to have – like I was talking about like the actors who really want to get noticed. Like when you're in the chair and you're trying to answer a question for 32K and if you get it wrong, you get nothing. Like you're going to get like a real sort of like person sitting there like talking it through and you're going to hear – they're not going to be like – well, I remember when I was auditioning to be on MacGyver. <laughs> you know, like you're just going to get like a real person but and that's what people like. You get a real person, but you still have a real person, like you said, who's uh, d- doing what's expected of them as a contestant. Yeah. Like, you know. You're not like, shut up, let's go. You're just like, yeah, I think, uh, think you about know, it. Back in the day, this uh, device was used in the fields, the blank gin. And it's just <laughs> like, well, I know it's not the leather gin. Yeah, some of them are a little too much. sound yeah. right. I <laughs> Cotton, I, I remember hearing something about the cotton gin. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go cotton gin final answer. That is that is the one annoying part about the, the, the movie with the millionaire. What the hell is that movie with the Dev Patel? Oh, uh, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. where yeah. Like, like every single question was like, he flashed back to like his mom when he was nine. Like, <laughs> the movie works. I, it's a very good movie. Great, but yeah. like, it's just kind of like, you know, can't, can't he just know a thing without having a backstory right. to it? Right. Come on. Just one question. Yeah. Then, I know the Titanic hit an iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> Did it sink? The Titanic hit A, an iceberg, B, a bird, <laughs> C, another <laughs> ship. D, or, Pittsburgh. Or D, the moon. <laughs> the moon. Okay. I know it didn't hit the moon because the moon's in outer space. <laughs> A bird is not strong enough to sink a ship, so I'm going to rule that one out. So it's either another ship or an iceberg. I remember in that movie, what was it called? The Titanic. <laughs> I remember that you. I remember seeing. Who is it? Jessica Chastain. Her breath. <laughs> oh, no, it was Kate. It was Kate. I remember her breath. Yeah, Kate Winslet's breath. Right. I remember like two strangers fucked in a car on a boat, <laughs> and it was the greatest romance of all time. But I don't think that sunk the boat either. I remember thinking <sighs> the entire movie should be about that Billy Zane character. <laughs> and his weird henchman sidekick that wanted to do murders because of a poor kid having dinner with his girlfriend or whatever. Put the necklace in the coat. <laughs> Put the coat on the girl! Uh, oh, Billy. So, what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. Susan Sarandon. So, the... Speaking uh, of actresses. Um... So NBCSN is doing this new thing where um, they are putting air quotes, celebrities, famous people, famous people. Thank you. Between the benches with Pierre Maguire during uh, Wednesday night rivalry night, the night you love to hate. And I sure do. The first guy they put on was from the Eagles. What's his face? Michael. They did a guy before that. They did an auto racing guy. Oh, they did. Yeah, I forget which guy it was. Was it, was it like Dale Earnhardt Jr.? No, it was like a. It wasn't like a name guy. Like people like you and I would know because we oh. don't follow it. But like it was like a guy, and he was just. It was the same thing. Where like Pierre forces that guy to talk sometimes, and it's just really awkward because like hockey's so fast and flowing, you can't do it. I'm just a guy. Standing before Pierre Maguire, <laughs> telling him, I know nothing about hockey. I'm just a guy standing between the benches, <laughs> telling another guy, I don't care where a guy played junior hockey when he was 15. I I, uh, I unabashedly like this idea. I got to be honest with you. I've always been a fan of Boy. of like the guest stars in booths. Like I always liked when like Jerry Seinfeld That's would stop by the Mets though, game. Because there's what so is much the deal with time? Ron Darling? I mean, he's Ron. Is he my darling? What's the... But like if it's hockey and he's like, what's the deal? Score! And then you just miss the goal because like Jerry Seinfeld's doing a bit about Why pucks. puck? Yeah. What's Why the deal? puck? What? Well, we couldn't call it hockey dance. What is this? Shakespeare? <laughs> what's the deal with puck? 
Am I in the real world? Am I at a hockey game? I don't know. You can't do it. You can you can do it if the person between the benches just naturally talks on their own. Because like here's what happened with the with the, the Eagles guy. Yeah. The Eagles guy right off the bat was like, "Yeah, I grew up wanting to play hockey, but it was too expensive." And they immediately steered the car away from the conversation <laughs> about how expensive hockey is. Yeah, his most memorable moment was talking shit on Milbury between periods. Yeah, which I was like, I, I don't miss. think I like you. And, we, yeah. and, and everybody <laughs> stood up from their couches and started slow clapping. Wait. And at that moment, even before, even more than Nick Foles, everybody, yes. everybody became an Eagle fan at that point. God, the Eagles are getting so likable. It's annoying for me Isn't as a Giants it? fan. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Um, but no, I, I love it because I, I, I agree with you. It has to be a, a, a highly selective process. As we do this show, we don't know how Susan Scranton has fared. We both know she's a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. She goes to Rangers games a lot. Like, I don't care if the person knows hockey or yeah. doesn't. I just don't want four people talking to her I, in a hockey game. It's I, too, I too many already. I'm fine with that. I think it's fine. Like, like give me, give me, you know, like the, the example I'd give all, all of all time is like John Hamm between the benches for a Blues game it would be amazing. But I would even take like Kevin Connolly between the benches for an Islanders game. I would take. I wouldn't mind it as much if Pierre wasn't involved because the person between the benches forces them to involve Pierre more. Because like they'll be talking, they'll be like four straight minutes of action, and then like whoever's the announcer will go, Pierre, what's going on down there with you and Salma Hayek? And it's like, <laughs> uh, I guess on. the the risk you run about Pierre being down there is that you're going to have people like asking him questions during the game, or he'll have to play ombudsman and correct them. Like that's fine, you know. Susan Strannan's like, you know, it, it, blah, 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 blah. and he's like, well, actually, blah 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 blah. You know, mansplaining <laughs> down there as he would. Yeah, you're you're a real fine lady, Susan. Oh, no, 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 lady. What are you doing? No, <laughs> no fear. Sarandon's a great choice though, because like during the game, they'll be like, you know, I've, Phil Castle takes another shot, and then she's like, yeah, you know who else would have had a shot? Jill Stein. <laughs> Except the elitist media covered Bernie and Hillary more. I'm so sad that I can't do the bit I want to do on this because it's too obvious. It's just Susan Sarandon's PHWA ballot where, where she just throws her away your vote for every single category. Like the Norris Trophy. Nick Chalmerson. <laughs> Susan, he's, 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 I'm glad you like what he does, but he's got no shot at winning. What are you doing? <laughs> You're costing somebody else a chance to win who you right. want, want to win. Exactly. It's so like if I if I did that if I did that bit for every single award, it would just be me saying a random. It'd player, be amazing so. if there's like a penalty in like the last minute of the game, and and Pierre's like, yeah, you know that guy really cost his team. You know, it's really bad to cost people important <laughs> things. You know, there are things that you support in life that could really cost the entire country something very valuable. Or he just goes, he just goes, oh man, that guy out there really Jill Stein did it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Susan? But does it? I, so you are against this idea, though? I would be okay with it if it was just Susan Sarandon. I, I, I don't even mean that as like a slight against Pierre. Like three people is... is oh, I thought you meant like no other celebrities need. but Susan Sarandon. She becomes like the Dennis Miller of the NHL booth. <laughs> but, you, but you're, you're just saying right. you don't want Pierre there. It gets too crowded. It's, it's, it's just because like the person who's... Like when Jerry Seinfeld's in the booth with like the Mets announcers, yeah. they're just having a conversation. Like no one forces Jerry to talk when he doesn't want to. Jerry's just there talking, and that's so far with the, the the racing guy and the football guy. They've kind of shoehorned them in, and it's just unnatural and not good, especially See, with the pace of hockey. And that's the thing I don't want is I don't want it to be a situation where like they feel like they've got to interview the person that's there. That's what it is. And I don't see that's and it's a whole period be, too. It's not like just like six minutes just of it. Allow them to be whatever. You don't have to be like right. you know. You know, Let them be themselves. Yeah, Bufflin really came through the zone like a bull. Speaking of bull, <laughs> Susan, what was it like working on Bull Durham? <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist has allowed four goals on four shots here in the first period. Kind of a dead man walking, huh, Susan? What was it like working with Sean Penn on that move? You know, like, 
if you're going to fuck with it, then it's all right. And it's funny. He really seemed to hate him in that fight, almost like it was his stepmom. Speaking of that, <laughs> Susan. That's your second go-to movie, stepmom? <laughs> I had a couple of Bull Durham jokes lined up already, man. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> Friends, you can do a whole bit of him throwing water in her And face. it's 7-1 Pittsburgh over the Rangers. A bit of a horror show. Susan. A Rocky Horror Show, if you will. <laughs> there, that's my second go-to. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's a more right. stepmom. So we like the experiment. We like the idea. And, 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 no, no, and you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they need to expand their horizons a little bit and get some other people involved. But I also wonder if it's going to be like – so the other risk they run is it's going to be like the NHL awards where it's going to just be like yeah. the, the only hockey celebrities they can get. I want to see – like the Eagles guy was a good out-of-the-box thing. And like the idea that you're going to – because the uh, it, what it should be is that these people are like the entry point for casuals to be like, oh, this is really weird. Like I would really love to see – you know, mm-hmm. Bill – well, not Bill Burry. He's a huge hockey fan. But someone who's got like a casual – Knowledge of the game being between the benches for for, for the game, and I think Susan Sarandon like, like, worked fucking, out the best because she, fucking, she his face talks from, uh, on camera. Uh, what's his face from the uh, crashing? Uh, uh, Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. <laughs> like, put, Pete, put Pete Holmes between the benches and just have Pete Holmes be Pete Holmes and be like uh, just saying a bunch of shit during yeah, the game. But like that, the NHL is so afraid of that of like anybody ever saying anything critical or jokey. What was there was one movie that came out like 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 Jay Barishaw was telling us how like they don't want to promote Goon because Goon promotes hockey violence and they don't want it. like you know what I mean they're real sensitive about that stuff so you have susan sarandon on to talk politics yeah. that should work out great well you know what here's the thing if you want to promote goon you know how you could do it what's a good way to do it I'll probably start a goon fan site how would you do it though oh i think you know how i would do it with squarespace that's exactly how i would do it support for today's show comes from squarespace are you ready to start your new business you can make it stand out with squarespace beautiful templates created by world-class designers Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and creative website, uh, showcase your work. You can blog. You can publish content. You could even sell products and services of all kinds. Yeah. Maybe a, a consultant of, of some sort with, with NBCSN to tell them which celebrities to pick for their Between the Benches gimmick. Man, I should be a consultant for NBC, for agents, for teams. I, I could make so much money consulting if they would just let me. You know how I could promote myself? Maybe I should start a website called Dave Lozo's Consulting. And then yeah. they could all hire me. Right. Consulting at da- – and then your email address would be consulting at DaveLozoConsulting.com. Consulting Dave. And then they can make a TV show based on it where I just help people. It's like it's like the uh, – what was the show with Timothy Hutton with, with the with the leverage? Uh, it was called Leverage. Right. Did you know that, uh, that, that Zach Braff and his new show plays a guy who starts a podcasting network? I saw you tweet that and then I went to – I immediately put on ABC so I could start actively hating it and it wasn't on. It wasn't so. on. It was just a commercial for it. Like they, they played a commercial for it during like one of the Bachelor shows and it's like – Zach Braff is <laughs> Bill, and Bill owns his own podcasting network. And I'm just like, who would want, what is the audience for this? Is this going to be like the Joel McHale show where it's like, millennials, what's the deal? Is it going to be like that where they just keep saying yeah. things like, avocado toast, <laughs> which is basically is my entire John Jacob bit, I understand. but <laughs> It's like, it's like, honey, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried about the launch of this new Westworld podcast. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, you can customize <laughs> everything from the look and feel to settings and products, and it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box, mobile. which is very, very important in this day and age. Use Squarespace's analytics to help grow in real time, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Um, but if you do have a question, luckily there's a 24-7 customer support uh, service there that is, in fact, award-winning. Destiny is calling. 
Destiny what song is, is that calling me. Is that a song? Uh, it says that you need a new website and you can make it work with Squarespace. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code PUCKSOUP, all one word, P-U-C-K-S-O-U-P, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code PUCKSOUP. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, 600 goals, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're not you're not plus about it. You know, I just I I just rather have a guy who's a winner. You know, just, just yeah. I saw, I saw it, the the difference between Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves is that Sid, Sid and Taves have have one goal. They have just cup. one goal, cup. and that's winning a cup. God damn, it's so good. Boy, was that fun. <laughs> like sometimes I'll tweet a thing, and then like I can't believe people don't get the joke. That one for sure. I wrote it in a way where I completely understand why no one gets the joke, yeah. which is why it was just so much. Oh yeah, okay. You'd rather have, but there was. I went further down the rabbit hole where I was like, Jake Gensel, I'd rather have Jake Gensel. I'd rather, I'd rather have Trevor Lewis. And people were still like, really idiot Trevor Lewis just because he has cups. No, it's a, that, that one's obvious. Like, why are you, why are you, but it's, it's just so much fun. We've, we've oh, probably so covered fun. this ad nauseum on Twitter at our respective places where we write and also mm-hmm. our, our respective other podcasts. Mm-hmm. But let's just cut to the chase. You think he's going to catch Gretzky? No. Why not? I feel like this year's a little bit of a fluke. You think this is the peak? I think this is a little bit. Well, it's a little bit of a, he's, he's shooting at like 15% this year. Like he's way above what he usually does mm-hmm. the last couple. I just, he, he, he definitely has the game where, like, like Brett Hall, when he got old, could still just rip one-timers. And yeah. That's what he's going to be able to do as he ages. But yeah. what does he need? Two, he, he need, 270? He needs about, if he goes, if he gets 50 goals this season, he would need to average about uh, 36 goals a, a season uh, if he plays another eight years. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of goals. What, what, what's the Gretzky number again? I, was, I keep forgetting what it is. It's, uh, was it 894? Is it, oh, 894. Is, it, is that what it is? It's 898. Whatever oh it is. God, I can't believe that. You're making me look this up, and I can't believe that I probably you got asked me. wrong. You asked me. Yeah. 700 for sure. 800 maybe. 894. See, I'm fucking Canadian. You knew it. I knew that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he catches Gretzky. It's just... Yeah. Like you, like you said, bud, the, the one thing that makes you think that it's a possibility is the manner in which he scores goals. Um, hey, look, he's not blowing this is, by a, guys. this is a guy that's going to probably average between like 17 and 25 power play goals a season. Like how many dudes score 30 goals when they're 37 years old? Solani. 38 years old. Solani. Maybe the, the Yager. I'm not sure. But like Yager was more of a compiler at that point. But like the, 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 the <gasps> hope is that, that, that uh, hmm. Ovechkin can be like Solani and put up incredible numbers when he's, he's older. Yeah, but Solani was like a super duper physically fit guy. Unless, but, but it's a, Ovechkin's the same. Is he? Yeah. Were, were we all tweeting? Not, not we all, but weren't people tweeting like photos yeah, of him in the offseason of him like being quote like thick or oh, doughy or whatever? He's, he's not. He's know. on that Ivan Drago uh, training regimen. Like, t- like Timo Solani was like a physical, physically fit nut who loved to play tennis in his free time and wanted to be play forever. I don't know. Does Ovechkin really want to play when he's forty? That's the issue too. I, I, I was one, that's one struggle I've had about the Chase and the Gretzky record is that I think it's clear that he wants to play in Russia at some point. Right when Putin when Putin offers him you know riches to come back and play in the yeah. KHL in like five years. When does he leave? Right. And also the other th- interesting thing, I've had this debate with a few people. A few people, like, how much does it? How important is it for him to win? For for him, like personally, hmm. because I think that there's a chance he could end up being like uh, Andrew Chuck or Bork or Recky or, or one of these guys that you know hangs is, around. Yeah, is older and and ends up yeah. winning somewhere else. It's not to slide the Capitals, but I mean, 
it's a possibility that he's like a guy like like you know like Hull who later in his career went to the Red Wings and and was you know great there but older I mean like I feel like he could be that guy too but I, it all depends on what he wants to end up being and it's not this is not some like bullshit he doesn't really want to win kind of thing but it sounds like, point, it, Greg. like you're fucking old as shit and and you know the president of of Russia is saying come come play for me come play for me or I will I by will. that time he's the czar probably and uh, <laughs> and what does he really want to do by the end of his career yeah he does seem like the kind of guy who takes but I don't know like I I always wonder about that because so often when guys like you have your whole theory about this is where my stuff is I don't want to go anywhere yeah. type of stuff his stuff's in Russia right his stuff is <laughs> technically in Russia but like think about how like Joe Thornton's just like fuck it I'll stay in San Jose forever I don't care if I don't win the cup yeah. and you would think like Joe Thornton's dying to win a cup but clearly he's not Patrick Marlowe on the other hand is like well I'm not dying to win a cup and then Toronto said how about 20 million to play on a third line for three years yes I am dying to win I am dying so like I don't necessarily think when his contract when is his contract up 2021 yeah he's got like I think two or three more years on it because like when his contract's up is he going to be a guy that like leaves the capitals and goes play because like the caps probably aren't going to win a cup they don't do it this year and what's that next contract look like because i in my theory when he passes gretzky it's it's the rest of this contract and then another five-year deal to bring him up to 40 years old yeah i just want to see him do it because i want i want to there's a there's a there's two parts of me you want to see him and they're, the and, and they're my balls. No, there's two parts of me here Jesus. on this on this Jesus. question. The one is I want to see him pass Gretzky to see Canadians' heads explode that a Russian <laughs> beat Gretzky's record. Oh, that's another thing, too. The NHL will never let it happen, though. No, oh, oh, he's going to get Tanya Harding. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> I was just going to say that, that referees will keep calling him for penalties and overturning goals. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, like, like in the KHL? Yeah, just like, oh, no goal. <laughs> what do you mean? It's in the net right now. Nope, went through the side of the net. <laughs> Ovechkin scores. Oh no! The referee was looking the other way. <laughs> oh, and somehow they have found eleven goals Gretzky scored in his career that weren't initially counted. He's got nine oh five. Congratulations, what? Commissioner Shane McMahon. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Ovechkin's last three goals are hereby reversed. Boom! These old Canadian dickheads found a way to keep Evgeny Malkin out of the top yeah, one hundred. Yeah. They'll figure out a way to screw Ovechkin. But the other thing too is like there'd be something. Listen, I, I want. I've said many times that there's nothing more in life that I want than Ovechkin to win a cup, just to end the conversation. Mm-hmm. However, oh boy, if Alex Ovechkin got to eight ninety five without a cup, without a cup, that's pretty funny. Doesn't that just like completely like like it's scanners? Like heads will explode around the world of hockey and how to how to quantify this level of success. The greatest goal scorer of all time, but he never won. But he's the greatest goal. But he never won. Actually, if you count Gretzky's playoff goals, he has more. That, that's what they'll do. It, it would, it would, it would effectively end the no cup argument. Oh no, it wouldn't. It would, it would, it would just reignite it. It would, it would, more, it would put more emphasis on it. They'd be like, "See, what would you rather? Which career would you rather have? Yeah, eight ninety five and zero a, cups. He scored eight hundred and ninety five goals in an era in which the uh, the goalies actually wear pads. I know. And he passed Wayne Gretzky, and he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. But what did he actually accomplish? That's what I want to know. What, what's <laughs> what's the number where like the stats people will start tweeting about how you know era adjusted? Now is it is it does he have does he technically have more goals now? I think it's happening now? now in the sense that like people are saying versus Bossy versus Mario, like what his totals Mario. are. But like, yeah, I mean, I think when he gets to maybe eight hundred. And it's like because people got mad at me when I was like Sidney Crosby's first thousand points are the most impressive thousand points ever because of the error he played and people yeah. were like no no Gretzky so like I feel the, like the, the, let's see, do some trolling where where I will I will side on the on the the Gretzky argument is 
I think people don't account for how much shit he had to deal with in in the sense of how much hooking and holding and fucking tackling and all that shit was going on in the 1980s. The hockey was terrible. No, people think it was like this zip, zip, four on four bullshit. It wasn't. It was it was a goddamn grind. And, and it was brutal. Um, there, he scored a lot of goals and had a lot of points because he was the best player demonstrably of his generation and because the goaltending and defense sucked. Right. But it was not easy to play in the 1980s. It was easier in the 80s and the 90s. The 90s was when it really got bad. Yeah, when and that, he played that, in the 90s too. But when he was scoring 240 points a year, no. like that wasn't I completely hard agree. to he score was, He was a next level player. But like I, I, just, I just think people think, see those, those, those offensive totals and they just think it was like, you know. Like like a fucking welcome mat all over the ice for these offensive players, but it wasn't. I mean, he he had to deal with a lot of shit that Ovechkin's not had to deal with because of the rules changes. Eh, I don't know how much of it he had to deal with. He wasn't a guy that stood in front of the net. He wasn't like Keith Kachuk getting buried in front of the net by, you know, freaking. He needed Darius two. He needed two bodyguards at all times on yeah. the team. Well, that was back in the. That was back when hockey was less a sport and more more murder ball. Oh, I never you know? loved it Boy. so much. You you seriously this 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 week's theme is basically Greg is rooted in the past now like you've 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 time traveled oh. have you seen Ready Player One is that what this is like you're just rooted in the eighties now or are you yeah, just gonna that's what I, I want to turn on the NHL and see Freddy, Freddy Krueger in a DeLorean or, or else I'm not gonna like it Dude, I, I saw the reviews the reviews are all super positive but like every positive review mentions a thing that makes me want to hate it I, I was our, our guest today is Corey Masasik of the of the athletic never heard of him and he uh I was talking about this very movie with him on the way here to the studio what encourages me is that a lot of the people that said you know what it's lesser Spielberg also said it's kind of reminds me of Temple of Doom where it's not like a great movie but I had a shit ton of fun at it I'm like, if you can give me a Temple of Doom experience mm-hmm. where it's like spaceships and fast cars and lasers and all this other shit and the Iron Giant, then I'll be down for it. The Iron Giant. <laughs> you mentioned the Iron Giant a lot. Well, he's in the movie. So, like, is it just is it just like reminiscing involving like characters and stuff from like movies that this studio owns? It's, it's, is that what it is basically? I don't, I, no, I or think like it, Spielberg it, it goes beyond that. I think it's more of the Roger Rabbit thing where they're bringing in all this pop culture from other places too into one place and playing mm-hmm. the licensing fees and whatever. But like I think the basis of it is that, you know, this entire generation of, of, of kids in a dystopian future who are playing this virtual reality game and using uh, all these pop culture references are, are inside of it. What year does the movie take place in? I don't like why? Why does anyone care about Back to the Future in twenty two sixty five? That's my right. uh, to use the, uh, a, a, a word from, from Demolition Man. My boggle. My boggle is that why would a kid even give a shit about right. Freddy Krueger? I barely care about Star Wars anymore, and that was yeah. I was alive when it came out. Like, yeah, you're unless, me unless years all from now? pop culture just stops. Oh. But but you know it's Maybe. interesting. Now yeah, I, I see your your brain just went on. My brain went on too because like. There is a self-referential nature to pop culture where it's entirely plausible that the recycling of old tropes me- meant that all of this stuff was still relevant to a kid in like 20, 2050. There's like Back to the Future 14. Yeah. By the, by the way, the reactions yeah. to this movie, like the prejudging it, made me think what would have happened if Twitter was around for Roger Rabbit. Like, would everybody have been like, fuck this movie, Daffy and Donald playing pianos against each other? That's stupid. Like would that have been maligned? No, because they're they're not women, so there were, <laughs> there wouldn't have been that segment of Twitter that was like, "Oh, this is terrible." Roger Rabbit's a boy. Why is he Why is he playing with girls? Va 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 voom, Jessica Rabbit. The thing that I don't want to see in Ready Player One is like the 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 Avatar 
you know. Oh, graphics, when, they're, when they're, they, go, they have the, to, they become like the avatars themselves. Like I know? can't. I, I sat through Avatar once, man. I can't watch another movie like that mm-hmm. with like the, the like, like they look like themselves, but they're mm-hmm. cartoons. I can't do that for. Well, hours, I mean, I'll right? be fine with it as long as Gleep Glorp has to plug her head into a tree to regenerate <laughs> or whatever the fuck happened in Avatar. Gleep Glorp. <laughs> All right, here's Corey. <laughs> Corey Massasick is, of course, our good friend who got a new job, Lozo, which is why. Most of our friends, when they get new jobs, we'll take them out for a beer. But in Corey's case, we took them to our podcast. Well, yeah, it doesn't cost us anything. It's true. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to buy Corey a beer. Corey's, Where you work now? The Atlantic, right? Corey is now the uh, the senior policy advisor mm-hmm. for the Atlantic. It's about time you got that, that job. Is that a – no, you're – oh, wait. It says here, no, you're a junior copy staff writer for the Athletic. Yes, that's what it is. It's a little mom and pop website that was recently started. Yes. You guys might have heard of it. Now, are you part of the $20 million in VC that they raised or are you – did you get in before that? Were they Were they like, we, now we have Corey under contract. We have to go raise more VC money. I don't know. You guys probably didn't see, but I, I tweeted out that I was joining The Athletic at like 10 a.m. on a Monday and that story – came out at noon <laughs> so i i basically i had like an hour and 45 minutes so if you just would have held out for like another two hours you could have been making like six figures they're like they're like in negotiations they're like sorry man we're all tapped out that uh, ken rosenthal contract really really did you know and the number the numbers in the bay area aren't what we thought they'd be and then you know we'll just take what we give you he's like okay fine you know, like an hour later now 20 20 million bucks they're, they're gonna give to like me and you to <laughs> sorry Corey. um you, but I saw you this morning uh, as we taped this at MSG, and you had to write a "Why I Joined the Athletic" letter. Oh, you had to do one of those. I did have to do. Now one tell of those. us the ins and outs of that. I, I needed a job. They gave me a job. <laughs> no. Please well, read more of my stuff at the Athletic. Did you look at the That's other? Mine. How I joined the? I Athletic did. I letters? read a couple of the other ones. I it, I think I took way too long on it. To be honest, like I, I was I was writing it last night, and I was just like. I, it's really. I mean, part of the the letter is it's really hard to write about yourself. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know. I would, I, here's how I would have started. <laughs> Webster's defines paywall as. <laughs> here's what, the th- here's the thing about paying rent. <laughs> it requires money. So what did you end up doing? Did you end up doing a word cloud for yourself? No, no, no. I mean, I talked about how I started as a sports writer when I was like 12 years old. Good move. And. Uh, yeah. Now hold on. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> Some people have their own businesses where they're making money in economics, and you're just like, I want to make no money as I get older. Uh, hey, uh, Corey, do you want to help with this lemonade stand? No, motherfucker, I'm on the beat. <laughs> I want to write a feature about your lemonade stand. What, how did you become a sports writer at 12 years old? Who were you working for? Were you like Joey Junior of Blackhawks reporter? No, no, no. We used to go to the locker room and be like, who's the biggest turkey on the team? <laughs> no. no, there was a uh, like a weekly paper in in my town, and I would write like. You know, three paragraphs about this was like in seventh grade. I wrote like three paragraphs about what the eighth grade football team did. You know, like they lost six to nothing or whatever. Mm. And then, uh, so I did that for a couple of years. But the the thing was, the reason why I used that for the letter was that the second year I did it, I was actually on the team. And it's really hard. It's really hard to write like. Oh, you wrote uh, while you were on the team. Yeah, yeah. About so like you have to write like uh, say you're going to write six paragraphs about a game, and you it was a basketball game, and you scored fifteen points. Uh, you're, 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 you're the like, lead. You're yeah, the no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. No, Absolutely. it was the opposite. Like I even uh, like I, I think my parents would actually get mad at me because I it would be like, 
okay, we lost. Here's everything that happened. And then at the bottom, it was like, oh, yeah, Corey Massasek. Had a triple-double. Uh, was tied for the team lead <laughs> with 15 points. Or so, you know, it was just like it. So. Despite poor usage of Corey Massasek in high school. In, in a way, you're almost like undercutting yourself. Like, here's why I'm a writer. And then you tell a story about how you've made awful choices as a writer from the beginning. And now I want you to read me for money. Do you feel like uh, that your background as an athlete informs your writing? Uh, you know, like a real <laughs> Justin Bourne type? <laughs> I don't think my days uh, playing high school basketball or baseball are going to have a whole lot of, mm. you know, whenever I'm in the in the dressing room with the hockey players, I don't think they're like, oh, yeah, you look like you, <laughs> you were quite a baller when you were. Yeah. You were the starting left fielder on your baseball team, I can tell. And you were like quite a, quite a term, baller, in fact. Open all your questions with, as an athlete, <laughs> I was curious if, <laughs> as a former athlete, I was wondering how you, like just every question, just make sure you drive home the point that you're on their level. Yeah, players love that. When you uh, when you wrote your letter for the athletic, did you have to include the uh, giant um, nail yourself to the cross, mea culpa about having people pay for your work that other writers have? No, I didn't. I just talked about how I like writing about hockey and uh, how <laughs> the Devils are a fun team to watch, and it's going to be fun covering them. And uh, that was pretty much it. For those that don't know, Corey uh, worked for the Washington Times for how long? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I covered the Capitals for three years before they decided to not have a sports section anymore. <laughs> That's always a bummer. That was a great Who great wants one of those? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, Which was odd because Reverend Moon always seemed like quite a sportsman. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, the weird thing was the whole time that you worked there, it was always like, okay, well, what happens if that guy dies? Because it was so, it was almost like... Who is this guy? You know, Reverend Moon? He's Okay, so he's... You've heard of like the crazy guy from Korea who's not... The guy from North Korea, but the guy who does uh, like mass weddings and talks to Hitler, yeah, and, and all—it's really weird. I've mm-hmm. never heard of this. Yeah. yeah, it was the best editorial page. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this guy ran the paper? Yeah, it was no, his... he well, he owned it. He's he like, owned the paper, right? It wasn't like a day-to-day thing where like there's a fucking altar know. and a no. temple inside I, of the newsroom. But no, he, he literally he started the paper. You never heard like, the term the Moonies? Yeah, the Moonies. Uh, yeah, that's that's Reverend Moon. Yeah, he started the paper. Like when Ronald Reagan was president, and it was like to help spread the gospel of conservatism in in America. It was, I mean, that sounds like a great place to work. Oh, oh boy, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, there were great people there. Don't get me wrong, but it was. I, I mean, I would meet Capitals fans, and they would be like, "You know what? You seem like a great guy. You, I like read, I like seeing your <laughs> tweets, and you're funny on Twitter, but I can't read your paper." And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I, I can't." That's, I, so I get ar- it. Like, that's so weird because I, I get hockey fans telling me the same thing now that I work at ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I love hockey. Love what you're doing, but can't well, I can't read you, brother? It's like NHL.com. <laughs> yeah, right. Love love the stuff you do, but man, I can't go on that well, side. I, why is it like that? Like honestly, like it's Corey's fault. I don't know if there's a publication. Well, let me let me. Okay, actually, there is. I, I will I will be honest that out of all like the publications or whatever, if you were a writer for Hockey Buzz. The Eklund site. Yeah. I probably didn't. Like, even the best. And there's been really good writers that have come from there. Like, Eric Engels, who's now a, a, a really great writer for Sportsnet on the on the Canadiens, got us started at Hockey Canadians. Buzz. So there's, so there's some, like, it, I'm not saying that it was More a worthless proposition and that the people writing there currently or have written there aren't good. But, like, just on the fucking principle of it, I wasn't reading you if you were at Hockey Buzz. I never linked to the site at Puck Daddy. I, I, so I, I can say that I've been guilty of that, of... Of judging somebody based on their their place of employment. Have you ever done that? 
Are there like if somebody, yeah, I never I never went to Hockey Buzz. <laughs> no, but I mean like so like for example, you're such a leftist. If somebody worked for Fox News, wow, would you would you dis would you disregard them? It would be like, hey, I like you, Brit, Brit McHenry. This but, actually yeah. happened yesterday, where somebody liked my tweet and it was like a verified that I never noticed before, and they were wearing like a suit and kind of had like a flag in the background of their of their avatar, and I was just like, was it Mike Cernovich? It was no, but it was like somebody that had Fox News in like their bio. Like I don't think they worked there, but they were like clips at, and it was like Fox News. I don't think Breitbart was one of them, but I was just like, oh, this guy oh, likes this tweet. Ugh. That's a great example. Like if somebody that I like. If I read an article and I was like, wow, this is really great. And then they're like, thank you so much. Here's my my author bio page at Breitbart. I'd be like, oh, yeah. But you can um, figure it out. Right? Maybe, what if, you, uh, maybe you can create a newsletter uh, that's not that and then I'll read that. How about that? Imagine if Breitbart started a sports division and like well, just – scooped up a bunch of good writers and you're like oh man i gotta go on breitbart <laughs> i mean they, they they do have a sports division in the sense that they came after me for writing the pk suban uh uh kaepernick uh thing remember that i'm surprised that breitbart had a problem with something like that that's that's shocking. it doesn't seem like a breitbart issue does it but anyways yes um you're covering the new jersey devils now i am which is exciting how do you feel about uh getting the opportunity to cover a three-time stanley cup champion <laughs> uh it's going to be great, I think. Um, I mean, it, just from going over there and talking to uh, some of the guys on the team, like I got a lot of like, uh, "Oh, you picked a good time to cover the team." But which, like, whenever I started covering the Capitals, it was the season before they got good. Like, so, what so year was that? It was like uh, I think I started in January of twenty oh seven. So okay, so this is they won right like three of the first twenty games that I covered. Right like, at it, the it cusp real of. Bad. of we're not even at Rock the Red yet. We're no, not no, rocking no. the Red. The year before that, basically. The year, you're there yeah. with your your Chris Clarks and your Brian Pothiers. Yeah. And, and it was the whole, like, uh, at the <laughs> end of the year. Captain Chris Clark to you, buddy. Wow, Chris Clark. <laughs> Chris Clark, yeah. Oh, man, and, like, Alex playing on a line with, like, Matt Pettinger or um, who were some of the other guys. They had some guys. I mean, because they, they sold off at the end of the year, and they had some – man, they had some – but anyway. Yeah. That's – yeah. Uh, the, no, they're – I mean, you you're a big Devils fan. It's it's, it's a lot different to watch them now. Than, yeah, than, super exciting. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully they make the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to happen uh, or not. They're in. They're you think in. they're in? What are they? What are they so far on that trip that we were talking about? They're, they they just started it and they they right? won they won in Nashville, I think, in a yes. shootout. Oh, we oh, yes. we, weren't, we weren't counting the Winnipeg game that they played at home. I thought it was like an eight oh, game stretch. Oh, that stretch. Where they well, yeah, they lost that one straight yeah, so, up, straight so away. Yeah, so they're one on one. Well, they, they played really good in that game too. Really yeah. well in that game, I should oh, say. Oh, very good. Very good. Correct myself. They played yeah. very well against Winnipeg, and then the first two minutes in Nashville it was just oh my god. It was like, I, I mean, I you know, it was like they ran into a team that had. Was really good and had been there. Really, I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is we're we're playing on the next level yeah. of, of of the video game now." Do you think? But then they they settled in and they were they were good. Do you think Ovechkin? What do you think the coverage of, of Ovechkin's been through the years, not only in DC but elsewhere? Because I was thinking about it during this whole getting the six hundred goals bit, where there are still some people out there that are like, "You know what? This is great. Why does nobody ask him about Vladimir Putin?" And and I I think to myself <laughs> that if this was a, this, this was an athlete in another sport that had you know committed himself and 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 proselytized the the teachings of a maniac mm-hmm. uh would they be tre- Wait, treated Ted, Ted Leonsis or Putin, <laughs> Putin you're talking would about they, would he get a pass you know and I feel like I go back and forth on it I feel like he's been scrutinized for it people but I also after, feel people like after he, him for like a week well yeah but I also stopped. feel like people realize quickly that he was never going to say anything that was going to be 
Yeah, there's no there's no dialogue no dialogue to be had there. It's not like when I sat down and Briz ate my lunch about fucking Crimea. Crimea. You know. It, yeah, this <laughs> you know, but you don't even know anything about the Putin. I'm like, yeah, kinda. the area is very Well, I think there's bears. also two different like Alex and Afghani Malkin, a couple of the other guys. It's one it's one thing to like put a picture on Instagram standing next to the president of your country, right? right? And I mean, and it is there is some propaganda with that, but like I don't know. I mean, he. I think a lot of people do think, like, what else? What is he going to? What else is he going to say? What, what else right. is he going to? Yeah. But then also, you like Pavel Datsuk said some things, yeah, that he shouldn't have said. That's true. Like, which, that- so like, there's almost like, yeah, it's bad. What Pavel Datsuk said was worse. Yeah, you know, Datsuk, Datsuk was more like an <laughs> ideological yeah. conflict, and Ovechkin's kind of like. Like a teenager supporting her K-pop band, you know, he's wearing T-shirts. He's starting a fan club. He's doing the whole thing. But like, when, but then again, to call him on it, like I said, you're not getting anything out of it. So I think people just decide. I mean, how many, how many players in the NHL support the president of the United States right now? I mean, it's it's a lot of them. I mean, well, I mean based on taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find Ovechkin when you were covering him? I, I mean, he was great. He was I always mean, by his locker. There's a name. Oh, how did he fall? Oh, how did he fall? Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> it's not hard. No, he – I mean, I thought he – I mean, he was great to deal with. I mean, you know, he he did take a I – th- you know, he probably took more crap than he deserved early yeah. on in his career and then – In the sense as, that no one bought up that Backstrom was shit in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or like, you know, you know, Alexander Semin was – you know, had like a had to freeze his thumb every game one year, or mm. Mike Green gained some weight. You know, like just the other all the other stuff that happened. Like <laughs> it was just uh, you know, or like the fact that the, like you know the last either of the last two years they could have they could have won the cup. Some single most <clears throat> awkward. That was the single most awkward year of, of of my life as a hockey reporter. Was the year when the year went on and Mike Green got fatter as the year went on, and no one really knew how to approach that issue, which is hard to do. Because it's like, hard to do as a hockey player to gain weight as you go, but it definitely happened. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> cares? He's still pretty good. He's like he's, he's like a defenseman version of Phil Kessel. Like there who cares? You go. Who cares what his body looks yeah. like? Puts up points. Exactly. We're not about shaming here. No, not at all. I do think though that I saw Mike Green go <laughs> to the same hot dog vendor outside of his apartment every day. Uh, what a business this is. Oh, <sighs> that was my lead when he left. Hope you've got hot dog vendors, Detroit. So, Corey, you've been on the job now for like five hours. Why haven't you broken any news yet? <laughs> <laughs> When's our Carlson coming to the Devils? Have you, was, heard, have you heard anything about that? It took about 15 minutes before I started feeling like the kind of the anxiety of like, oh, this person hasn't called me back yet. I just sent – I emailed this person 20 minutes ago and mm. they haven't responded. Are they never going to respond? Yeah. Am I never going to have anything to write about? So I, Actually, it's funny. Like you and I have seen each other now in Jersey and then we saw each other today at the Rangers uh, uh, Penguins availability. I, I've, I've been silently marveling at the fact that – because I've never had to do this because I've never been on a beat – you introduce yourself to everybody. You're like, "Hey, it's me, Corey," and I found that to be fa- a fascinating thing. How how does that usually go with with players? Are there guys that are just like, "I don't give a shit," and there are guys <laughs> like, "Oh, welcome to the market, pal." You know what? Like, I mean, I, there, so there are guys on the team that I've that I probably talked to five years ago at NHL.com, but All right. as Dave would know. Oh, right. Uh, I should point out that I'm the only one in this room. Right, who has not worked for it. the uh, the evil empire. Right. If you're a if you're an NHL.com guy, you just like parachute in and you talk to them three or four times in a two week span and that's it and they forget about you for the rest of their life. Right, as they're writing their quote unquote diary right. for the site. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, I hated those. <laughs> oh, god. 
Do you remember? Do you remember like uh, <sighs> trying to guess which? Like if it was going to be the backup goalie or a fourth line forward, that right? Was gonna, was gonna <laughs> do them. You were either going to get the backup goalie on one of the two teams in the final, or just like some guy who was maybe going to get into the lineup who was a healthy scratch at forward. Yeah, that's always what it was. It's fantastic. And then like the, it's the lead story the next day. It's like UC Soros's Stanley Cup diary. The, the year the Canucks and Bruins did it, I had Corey Schneider because they were like, well, he's the yeah. backup goalie, and so like by game four. Suddenly, like, I'm not getting one-on-ones with him anymore because he's maybe going to start. People want to talk to him. And I'll never forget, we were, we were landing in Boston, I think it was, before game three or game six, whichever one it was. Their PR guy comes over to my boss and he's just like, yeah, um, tell Dave Lozo we can't just call Corey Schneider. When we, we set up the availability and we do it then. And my boss comes over. He's like, why are you calling Corey Schneider on off days? I'm like, I don't have Corey Schneider's phone number. <laughs> Do you really? Do you think I'm that gung ho into this diary thing that I'm tracking him down on off days? Like, are you out of your mind? So, like, I saw the PR guy and Corey. I'm like, yeah, that, that wasn't me who called. And it turned out it was like some Boston radio station that wanted to like f with him. I like, I like the idea though, that you're working on this diary with him, and it's like a three day process. You're yeah, like, Corey. <laughs> This part about you having dreams as a child about the Stanley Cup, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Were you like playing in your driveway and imagining these scenarios, or was it more ethereal? I did one with uh, Andrew Gordon. I don't, you guys, I don't know if you remember Who Andrew, Gordon. Was Andrew Gordon. He played, he played with the Caps for a while, but then he played for the Ducks. Did and he so, go with any oh, Boyd? Yeah, Andrew no, Gordon. He, did not go with Boyd. he was the other. He was the other Andrew. There was another Gordon. Oh yeah, he was the so, guy Bruce Boudreaux seemingly always like cut or scratched, right? Maybe. You're thinking of Boyd Gordon? No, no, no. no he loved Boyd. No, Boyd Gordon. Uh, so I had him uh, whenever the Ducks went to Finland. Mm-hmm. You know, so and but he is one of the smartest, like well-spoken guys in the history of the league. And he wanted to write his own. Like, I mean, he was just like, I was like, no, I can help you. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I so he would actually, like, write and send them an, e- an email them to me. Wow. And then he'd be like, and then he'd write back and be like, hey, um, I don't know if this sentence does, it, does, does that sound good to you? Like he, like he was amazing. Like he's. Did you like lie to the bosses and be like, yeah, I'm doing all this work. <laughs> no, I'm no, really. Was... I need more time to work on this. And meanwhile, Andrew's just like doing <laughs> all the, doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> like fucking Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's <laughs> claiming credit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, gave, it gave me more time to follow all the Finnish journalists around. Hunting <laughs> for Timu. Corey's like, like Corey's in a bar, half half shit face. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, I'm having a hard time with the transcription. I'll get it to you later. Click. Sure, was it to me? You know, the playoffs are like falling leaves from an old oak tree. <laughs> it's like, wow. Andrew said he great. wants to. Andrew said he wants to do this one from the sauna. I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, you got to go where the talent goes. <laughs> Speaking of the athletic, uh, uh, today as we do the show, the the topic of conversation set forth by Pierre LeBrun's piece was that uh, Pierre LeBrun. This is this is the most amazing news I've seen in quite some time. It huh. turns out here we go <clears throat> that people. <laughs> <laughs> whose uh, jobs are determined by whether or not they make the playoffs are mm-hmm. in favor of increasing the odds of their team making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would have never have guessed it. Tw- 26 out of th- 29 or 30, I forget exactly how many responses Pierre got, said the uh, the general manager said that they'd like to expand the playoffs, um, being that they determine whether or not they can keep their jobs by whether or not they make the playoffs. I was just thinking about that line in, uh, I think it's Tommy Boy, when he says, hey, pick it up from my sarcasm. Good, because I'm laying it on pretty thick. No, that's not sarcasm. <laughs> that's I'm, you. I'm really, I didn't see that coming. Uh, that no. guys who, 
you know, also like to have gigantic streams of revenue come into their, their hockey teams in order for them to be able to spend more money would be in favor of opening up new streams of revenue. That's why my plan the is the best is All because right. for the playoff teams that aren't playoff teams, there's no revenue for this. Let's it's a genius idea. Let's let's get to, you've more been, and more you've people been are mentioning saying. this this fucking I know I'm not going to like it already because as you mentioned, I'm already. a traditionalist. I, I already. Yeah, this might as well be on hockey buzz. I hate it already. <laughs> Predisposed. I, uh, I, I, I'm a traditionalist. It's 16 teams. Mm-hmm. I don't want play-ins. Mm-hmm. I don't want expansion. I want it to be the way it is. We can talk about how we figure out the seating. Mm-hmm. We can talk about all this other shit. I'll even be open to your crazy wackadoo 1 through 16 fucking thing that some of you people want. But you people, I want to cut it at 16 because that's the perfect number for the perfect playoff. Dave Lozo, you have the floor. Okay. Here's the overall part of the plan. You're not going to address the jury or anything? And like you're not just going to butter up me or Corey? No, I don't need to. I don't, I, don't need to. I don't need to smooth over the jury when I have all of the evidence backing my client, which is my system. Exhibit Q! And here's the beginning. Yeah. Well, assume it's Seattle's in the league. It's just kind of easier to do it math-wise. You can still do it with 31. Hmm. Everybody gets in. Everybody plays a playoff game at least one. All 32 teams. It's called the FI... EGI system, the fuck it, everyone gets in system. And here's how it starts, okay? Fegan? I don't know how you would pronounce it as a word. It looks like an Italian kind of word, Fiji, Fiegi. F-I-E. F-I-E-G-I. F-I-E. Fiegi. Wait, F-I-E-G-E-I. Fuck it, everyone gets in. Fiegi. 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 Your Honor, can you control the attorney on the other side, please? Sounds like some sort of weird <laughs> mushroom that grows only in the yeah, Alps right? yeah. in August. You put the fun in fungus with this. And uh, who doesn't want to yeah. put mushrooms in their body, folks? Right, that's Come on. right. Indeed. All right. So so every team gets into the playoffs. Yes. Uh, tell me more. How do we make sure that, say, oh, I don't know, the top seeds get mm-hmm. some benefit here? So here's how we start. The bottom 16 teams, the 16 teams that would normally not be in the playoffs. Yes. They play a one-game playoff where... It's in the building of the higher-seeded team. So 32 would play 17, 31 would play 18. It's a one-game playoff. You win, you advance to the next part of my wonderful, wonderful idea. Are these games all going to be on True TV? (laughs) (laughs) They're all going to be available on ESPN3, True TV, and we. Now you're talking. So now we're down to 24 because we've knocked out eight teams. We have. So now what we do is we take the bottom eight in the top 16, seeds 9 through 16, they're at home for a three-game playoff where all three games are in that team's building. Okay, so say this again. 9 through 16. 9 through 16 is at home so for, they, for they, three-game series. three-game series. Against the winners of against, the bottom 16, okay. those eight teams that are left over. You play all three games in the 9 through 16 team's building. Because even if those teams lose that series, they're not losing any revenue. Because now, as a road team in the 1 to 16 scenario, all you're guaranteed are two or three home games. I, I just, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. So nine through sixteen mm-hmm. are the so how many playoff? Is it, those are playoff teams under the current format, correct? And then they would play the winners of the one game playoffs. The winners the of the one game playoffs. So you've right. got nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. You got eight teams mm-hmm. playing eight another eight teams, mm-hmm. but the eight team so eight teams that are in the playoffs now mm-hmm. would play eight teams that would be currently out of the playoffs, correct? And they would play a three game series. All in the building of the better team. Okay. So three games in the building of the better team. So, like, say if the 32nd team <clears throat> upsets the number 17 team, the mm-hmm. 9 seed would play the 32. Okay. Okay. 
at all three games are in the nine seats building. Okay. So then, then what? Then after that, whoever wins those, those teams will now get to play the one through eights and the one to sixteen. The, the playoff, the playoff format that I do, which of course you call is you don't fe- like, fe-gy. is because it's you called it wackadoo, I believe is the term you use from nineteen thirty five, maybe flappers techno- terminology. I don't know what that is, but then like the one team, the one seed, yeah. which has now had a week off to rest. Yeah, they don't want that, by the way. Why don't they want that? Because you, you don't want to be sitting around getting a bunch of rust while everybody else keeps playing. You, uh, you want to go right into the playoffs with your big mo. No, there's no such thing as one. This would totally be a thing where the higher seed would win sixty five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And but every market would that loses that one in that thirty five percent would be like oh see this, is why, this is why you but can't have the time no, but off. They don't, but they don't, but they don't lose anything. Us. Oh, the time off part. They it. Yeah. forced us. We won four in a row before the end of the season, <laughs> right, right, right. and they fucking forced us. We to swept stop a playing. home and home with Buffalo and beat Edmonton and Montreal. We couldn't carry that into the playoffs for our first, for nine more days. Everybody every, wants rest. Every thirteen and three NFL team that loses their first playoff game says, "Right, they always bitch that about was, that." <laughs> Meanwhile, the, so, the Eagles and Patriots storm their way to the Super Bowl this year. So the benefit to the higher seeds, you get rest. You, you get rest you, you while get, the other the teams that you play conceivably could have played through quote unquote three two other rounds. And you're either going to get the same matchup you would have had anyway, or you're going to get a better one because a lower seeded team below those sixteen are going to get in. How are you seeding it? You're, you're seeding it one through sixteen, then one through sixteen. Okay, so you are you are you are scrapping the Th- that's that's the, the part of it that, that'll never happen because God forbid L A play New York in the first. You're round. scrapping the conference format. The conference format. The conference format's better than the division format, but the conference format is not as good as the one to sixteen for me. I think the conference format's ideal, but like I said an hour ago, when before you started doing this this Lukaku uh, bracket thing, uh, was that uh, <laughs> that uh, that I would. Are you like I, Martin Landau and Rounders now? Like, what, is it, what are you doing? I've become more open minded about. You're a bench, by the way. Uh, I've become more open minded about choice? it on the one through sixteen format right so I, that's that's like the least offensive part of your scenario considering that you're you, there is a chance that the worst team in hockey could could win the stanley cup right how, how great would that be if buffalo managed to like squeeze in and play like the top seated you know predators in the first round how great would that be but i, I, I guess i guess what i come back to uh-huh. uh in okay, this like scenario you- and others is what value then is the regular season there is no value in the regular season anyway oh Regular season. Okay, that's the worst that's a, regular season in sports. That's a bullshit nihilist no, uh, 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 version of, of of reality. The that regular season has a lot of value. No, it doesn't. Uh, people pay t- money to see these games, which and, now you have rendered ridiculous and meaningless. Even right. more meaningless than it is. Are you me fa- fans are so discerning they're just going to stop coming to games now because they're going to they're going to be more interested. Oh, no, no one will stop coming to games because right. there's always going to be Christmas stockings and people are going to always have to entertain clients. That said, <laughs> Christmas stockings. <laughs> In April. <laughs> that said, that said, um, uh-huh. finish it. That said, well, what, you're allowing you're allowing every team to get a shot at the I championship. Am, I am making reg- the regular season more valuable because teams like Ottawa suddenly there's interest because there's that long shot hope that maybe you can do a little run into the playoffs. Maybe you're going to get more fans in the building because those games that would be meaningless for the bottom five, six, seven teams but are now meaningful. You've now turned it into a situation where instead of instead of like. People being invested in the life or death of their team. Now they're invested in, well, I'd hate to have to play that extra game. Yeah, but it's an extra four games. Oh, extra, I'm sorry, extra three games. That's the thing, too, with the rest. Like, yeah, you're resting, but some other team is playing four games in seven nights before they come see you. That's, Except for the fact that everybody advantage. who's in the lower part of the bracket uh-huh. will be sitting their people a month out from the playoffs. 
Like they won't give mean? a shit. What I mean, mean, I mean, like what what's in it for fucking Buffalo if they know they're going to be in the playoffs anyway? Better to attendance. Play Jack Eichel for the next two months. Better. There aren't those. I mean, those teams are sitting people now. Like, I mean, not to, to get a higher right, one Corey over. It's not NBA level thinking, but there is. Like, if, is if the a, whole point of it yeah. is to try to, like, entertain the fans, whatever the fuck, like, why would teams even try to compete if they know they're just going to be in the playoffs? Like, th- if you're Buffalo, rest Laner, rest Eichel, rest Ritzelana, rest everybody for a month if you know you're already dog shit. You wouldn't do that. You would push your fans off. I mean, you might rest them for a game. Yeah. But, that, but again, that, now, the pre- that the happens Preds are now. Like, the Preds are resting, why, why, guys. But why run the risk of, of getting anybody injured if you know you're going to be a playoff team? The point, the point of not resting guys now is because you're jockeying for positions. So you don't, so you don't have to play but, four but in, road in games. Playoffs, it doesn't matter. Because you have to play four road games if you do that. You're setting yourself up for, for having no chance. But, you're, but your first round is going to be against a dog shit team anyway. It's going to be the fucking out of the playoff yeah. team. I mean, if you, if you finish in the top half or the bottom half, you get a home game. Now that's going to be interesting for owners and coaches. I do like one hold, thing hold on. before before oh. we get to Corey, who I, I uh. believe is warming up to this idea. And I don't like it. <laughs> okay, um, how do we determine lottery odds? No, well, the lottery odds. Because if Buffalo win, if, let's say Buffalo wins two rounds, right. but they also are the lowest point earning team in the regular season. Right. You're what, so... what does that mean for the lottery? Can a, can a team win the Stanley Cup and win the draft lottery in the same year? Why not? Wow. Whoa! That would be amazing. Wow. That would guy. be amazing. Like, I think, I think you should just go by the regular season. Because, like, is... look, you play 82 games. You yeah. were the 32nd best team in the league, but you you got good for... You got for three weeks? For three weeks. I, I, thought, I thought bold thinking died with Stephen Hawking this week. But over here, it's like you can win the draft lottery and the cup in the same year. Could you imagine that? Like, you, the Buffalo Sabres are skating around with the cup and they draft Rasmus Tallinn <laughs> and, and, like... And like a month after that, that would be amazing. I feel like that ha- has happened. In the, didn't that happen in the NBA? Didn't somebody well, earned? Or- yeah, it probably happened. Oh, yeah. Where like, <laughs> or so, like the, the a New York team won the championship, and then the NBA is like, you Celtics, know what? They right? could probably use Patrick Ewing too. Didn't the Celtics and the Nets make some trade where like the Nets gave up all their first? Yeah, it was one, it. yeah. The, they had the run. Nets pick. Yeah, right. And then like they had the whole setup. But yeah, just saying, the regular season would be more meaningful in my system. Is, is, is oh, the one thing that I like about Dave's system? The one thing that I like about Dave's system, just the one thing, is well. <laughs> Is that for now, for now? I think it would reward teams for being good. Like I, I the current system, you know, the, the conference system would be better than the divisional system or the the thing that they have now. Whatever. Though, let's get rivalries together as much as possible. System, <laughs> um, but because it doesn't rule. Like I mean, how many times they've been doing it for three or four years, and this year is another year where we're. It's going to be like the third and fourth best teams in the league playing the first but, round. But 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 you're saying terrible. But you're saying Dave's playoff format. Merely brings us back to a point of logic of the of the conference format, which is to not penalize good teams through the r- rigidity of the bracket system. Maybe, and, but and then and also one, in a one through eight format, the Leafs are playing, uh, or the Bruins or, or the Leafs. I forget which one will play the Flyers versus having to play each yeah. other. Yeah, and that I agree. That's that's a logical remedy that does not necessarily need a one through thirty two tournament. Well, even even the traditional, like the old school, like just one through sixteen in the NHL, like just the NHL playoff system in its most basic format doesn't it, like every game's a coin flip or pretty close to it, right? So, like I I do think that Dave's idea would give those top eight teams a few more percentage points of a better mm-hmm. chance to win. Than, Hop on board, buddy. There's yeah. plenty. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room on the fuck it. Everyone gets in. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of any of the like. To me, the NBA does the best job of the four sports of 
actually giving the best teams a chance to win, and mm-hmm. they do actually win more than like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with an upset here and there, but but it's also like, a sport where you know three good guys and a team that, affects everything. I think true. I think your format's interesting because I feel like oh that was interesting. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, all this room I mean, it's it's interesting in, in the sense that like <laughs> when you're watching Shark Tank and a guy's like, I could turn pee into gold. Like that's interesting too. Um, so like I find and. And then Cuban's like, it's not, it's not, it's, uh, it's not, it's not a field I'm familiar in or familiar with. I'm out. And then, and then, and then Hershevik's like, could the gold be turned into a car of some sort so I can drive it? And he's like, sure. And he's like, I'll give you the fucking ten percent. And Gary Bettman's like, well, I don't yeah. know if the, if the peace certainty is not what it needs to be. Yeah. I need to get more gold. And then Mister Wonderful's like. I don't like you, and I don't like your idea. Wait, but Mr. I do Mr. Like, Wonderful? Is I do like your show? patent. Oh, yeah. oh, you don't watch Shark Tank? Is that, oh, isn't that? Isn't that? Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Paul, Paul Orndorff. Orndorff? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's not. It's not the <laughs> the Mr. Wonderful. You got to that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. He says. He says. I don't. I. 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 Uh, you know. I'm out. And also, I'm going to deliver the pile driver on you. Is that his move? The pile driver. His. Yeah. Before pile drivers became illegal. But the thing Where you forget about. Oh, oh the thing that the thing I found part. interesting in your batshit idea was. Um, Apparently, was was uh, uh, oh the thing I found interesting was that you didn't actually make it more batshit. I thought that you'd go even farther mm-hmm. and do the Southern Professional Hockey League. You pick your opponent thing that that they're trying. I like that if you just if you just want to limit it to the sixteen usual teams. But like, wouldn't fine. that be better? Like, wouldn't to me like every format and every other playoff and every other league is better than what the NHL one of has. the few things I like about your horrible idea is that. You are trying to make Don't fight it. winning, being a winning team and being a top seed more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like giving the ability to the Predators to be like of the – like for example, like if you go through this this gauntlet that you've created. It is a gauntlet. And, uh, <laughs> I do love right, my gauntlet. And the fact that there's a wizard, a Valkyrie, <laughs> a warrior – and what, there's, a bri- there's a I'm troll. That there's a troll that guards the bridge to the 116 game. Right. You have to actually you have to guess a riddle. Yep. And then all those little those little those little goblins start hitting you with their clubs, and it's like <laughs> your playoff team's about to die. And you put in more quarters. Um, it's quite a gauntlet. And so I I I think the interesting thing would be like if you were the predators and, and you're watching all this shit happen, and all of a sudden it's like some team ekes through the second round, but like now their goalie's hurt. Like, wouldn't it be? fun to have the predators be like i'll choose this wait team. which which second round oh to the to i know the, it's very complicated this pyramid scheme yeah the, created the, for the, the names of the players. rounds are probably going to be a problem the yeah. way like they call the first round in dayton or they used to anyway call that the first yeah. round right, right. it's not we'll have, we'll have to figure out terminology so There's everyone gets it the play-in yeah wild card <laughs> round wild conference round divisional conference championship round championship conference championship round Stanley Cup final, and then ultimate Stanley Cup final. My system also rewards different tiers. Like you want to climb to oh, one versus eight, to the one to eight category. And there's there's a benefit to that. You want to climb to the nine to sixteen out of the bottom seventeen. There's, there's a benefit to climbing up to twenty fifth, right? Seventeen. There's benefits. It keeps it keeps teams pushing, and maybe there's less of a chance of a tanking situation. Teams will still tank, but. Telling you. Well, I mean, you. I, there is no this is the uh, there is no tanking at the moment because you haven't really figured out how you're going to do the lottery. The draft lottery is someone else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> how how many of these games can we play outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like, like this year the Blackhawks aren't pl- aren't in the playoffs, but in my system they're going to get a home game, which means that game will be on NBC, which means the NHL would love that part of it as well. Is the regular season still 82 games? Yeah. The, my system would push the regular season or the playoffs deeper into June, which nobody likes. Oh my but, God! That's you see, that's steer 
break two. Wait, the, the, for, from who, though? From me. Oh, God. Throwing it right down the middle, buddy, because no one wants more hockey deeper into June. Well, you owners do. They already, no, they don't. The people don't give a shit anymore when it comes to June. They're all at the fucking beach. The ratings are down. If we give them a reason to watch, which is what I'm doing. What, more hockey? <laughs> more money. More money, more hockey. You could definitely cut a week out of the preseason and just start a week early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, You'd have to do that. Right, which I'm fine with. It. Like, the, but there's more There's more of a likelihood of playing more games deeper into June than there is of shaving off five regular season games. Because no you know one's going to want to do that. You know essentially that they'll never go for the reduction of regular season revenue. Right. I mean, it'll be reduced anyway because no one will go to the games because they're fucking and meaningless now. I just told you all the ways in which they are so much more meaningful. People like Ottawa's drawing like eight grand probably for a game. Now it's like, oh, we got a chance to move up. Let's go. Let's go out and watch Eric Carlson ruin our our draft lottery chances. <laughs> Honestly, though, it would it would probably have an effect on the trade deadline. Like if you mm. like so like this year, say you're the Rangers. Like on an on your night, you can be good. Like you've got. You got yeah. Hank. You got a pretty good lineup, right? If if we're healthy, we can, we can make a run. We're you not, not going to trade. You're not going to host a playoff guys. game. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. No, I, I hate it. I I don't like the idea of all the teams in the NHL making the playoffs. That that to me is it's that's it. I mean, like the minute I hear that, if that's the the first line in your pitch, I am passing. So you're a classic NHL traditionalist. You don't want to think outside the box. You just you throw away the good ideas because they scare you. I just don't like rewarding futility. Your idea is the well, Connor McDavid winning the heart of, of playoff formats. But what about the Rangers in the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> they were making money hand over fist despite their futility. That's all part of the game, my friend. Corey, what's what's your ideal playoff format? Like, what would you like to see? Divine. And don't say Dave's because that's. <laughs> I mean, like you can say Dave's, but you're going to have to get through the seventy-five page document that he has to prepare to understand what the fuck he's talking about. I mean, I would go one through sixteen, and I was—I mean, I know people don't want like Winnipeg versus Tampa in the first round or whatever the hellacious yeah. travel would be, but too bad. I, it's not—it's not that bad. Like I—I I think that's that's catering to way too small a number of people that actually care about that. Right. I think put the sixteen best teams in, balance the schedules as much as you can, and. They used to do this with the playoffs back when, like, travel was way worse. Yeah. You know? Like, now you're flying direct on sweet little private charters. Like, I'm not saying it's easy, but the idea that we could possibly have, like, a Flyers-Penguins Cup final is right. more and, interesting. Like, that that is very sexy. And yeah. it's all – you can't – like, every all the other formats have been, like, engineered to try to get those teams to play more often in the playoffs to develop rivalries or whatever. But, like, rivalries. you oh. if you got – one, if you had the one, you love to hate, right? Right. <laughs> one, yeah. One Flyers Penguins Stanley Cup final is worth right. It's worth all the Winnipeg four, Tampa four second round matchups between the two teams or okay. whatever. You know? uh, I, what's, your, I, what's yours? I wanted to go back to one through eight. One through eight. Um, I kind of still three like, divisions or two divisions. Two divisions. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the. Um, I still kind of like the the conference versus conference thing, even though I acknowledge the fact that it's archaic. Based on you know interconference play, and, look at you digging in, digging your heels into the past. Still, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Wells Campbell boy, you know, and 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 I always used to like the idea of like there being some level of pride in our our kung fu is stronger than yours as far as like conference pride, but nobody gives a shit about that. Another benefit too to doing one to sixteen that I just kind of thought of is the fact that Vegas exists, so there's a chance that like a three 
14 matchup could be Vegas, New Jersey. And then you're just suddenly like, oh, I got to go out to Vegas for I, games I, one and two. I kind of, I mean, I'm still a fan of the divisions, though. Like, I, I like the idea of there being three point games between geographic rivals versus being three point games between Jersey and Winnipeg. You know, I, I like the intensity that lends the, the these rivalry games when, when they're all in the same division and they're chasing the same playoff spots. Yeah. I just think one through eight wasn't broken. And I feel like they fixed something that wasn't broken. And uh, and I would just go back to that format, pure 16 teams, no fuss, no muss, no playing games, no nothing. And I'll bring this up again. Motherfucker, like 32 <laughs> teams in the playoffs makes me mental because in Major League <laughs> Baseball, they've got how many teams, Lozo? 30, that's right. They've got 30 teams. 32. Okay. Uh, and how no, many 30. teams get into the playoffs each year? What is it? Well, I'm, I don't count that bullshit Pittsburgh Pirates oh. <laughs> playoff game crap that Corey counts as a playoff okay, game. Okay, but, that's, but as, including that's, as that. bullsh- that's as bullshit as a three-game series. It's all a gimmick. Right. Uh, no, is, one game is way worse than three games. <laughs> <laughs> all right, because but, because your, your team faces Madison Bumgarner and, and your series is over in an I hour know. and a half. And you can't throw Doug Drabeck or John Smiley at that guy. So um, Don't think of my beginning of it as the playoffs. Think of it as like qualification. What? They're qualifying to get into the playoffs. If that, if that's the, if the, the regular ter- season. No, it's not. The whole regular season is the qualifier. Uh. You can't have a – see, now again, we get to the whole thing of what you're going to call this thing. Regular season, qualifying. Because ter- the terminology scares you more than the actual format, which yeah, is why I I'm just trying to soften out. the blow for you a little uh, bit. By, by the way, by the end of this this fucking format that you've got, it's going to be called the Geico round and the – More money the, for the, the league. You're just managed, making money. The waste management cra- uh, uh, round. The no, Bridgestone Discover I, qualification I, round. The, yeah. Baseball has 10 teams that make the playoffs. If you count the wild card, I'll say eight for, just for the purposes of, of bolstering 30, your argument. Of a 30-team league, mm-hmm. there are 10 teams that reach the postseason in various shapes and forms. And um, we have now 16 teams in what will be a 32-team league. It's always been it. 16 pretty much since they expanded. And that's it was, why it's perfect. It was and 16 of 21 Half the league at one gets point. in. Half the league goes home. You play 82 games. They all mean something. They don't mean you can dick around for 82 games, but then win fucking two games and then another couple games and then all of a sudden you're in a fucking conference final. It's actually three. It should never work like that and that is where your idea falls apart. I'm sure there are people that are going to be tweeting at me for the next (laughs) week being like, I love Lozo's idea. It's great. And then I'm just going to be like, well, good, good luck. Get your protractors out to figure out how just, the fuck anybody does anything in these playoffs. You just heard it for the first time, so I, I, I'm going to let you let it stew, let it marinate inside you for a little bit, and then you're going to maybe oh, come around. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize watching a Darren Aronofsky movie where now <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it at first, but now I've got to go home and be like, you know what? The Fountain was really good. Wait, he's the guy that did that stupid ballet movie, right? He did Black Swan. Yeah. That made a lot yeah. more Don't sense. Don't you ever compare my format to that piece of shit ever again. How <laughs> dare you, The whole time you, you're like, there's a qualification round. I'm like, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> You know what no. I was like when I watched that movie when it ended? I was like the guy in um, Defending Your Life, the old guy who sees his past life as like a little girl combing a doll's hair. And he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> that was me at the end of freaking Black Swan. I was like, what did I just watch? Except throughout your entire thing, I'm like, oh, this sounds like Black Swan. And then you're like, oh, yeah, except for the you know the the top seeds get a lot of benefit. And I'm like, oh, now it's Mila Kunis going down to Natalie Portman. <laughs> Did that, that happen? In that movie? was in Black Swan. You don't remember that? That, that was that, the best that, part of the movie. That movie was so bad that I blacked out the best and part of the movie. It was a dream sequence, and then Natalie Portman saw herself going down. Right, I got to rewatch this. Anyway. <laughs> That's the my one, I wanted to bring up movies because the last thing I wanted to talk to Corey about is: Did you know that Corey is in a movie fantasy league this year? Oh, Corey, Corey, do you, can you tell us about your movie fantasy league? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Uh, <clears throat> well, you see. I, I'm, see. Now I'm like you. I'm, I'm either, I'm either going to hate this for the, the power of a thousand suns or I'm going to want to get in it next year. Yeah. No, so I uh, just 
I was working at the New York Post until mm-hmm. uh, this morning. And what's it like working with Phil Mushnick? Good guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How much do you have to hate Obama in the interview <laughs> to get the job? No, no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, Phil is a really nice guy. Yeah. Like whenever you talk to him, he's he's a really nice. You guy. You never brought up wrestling around him, I guess. Then did you? Well, he's a, he's a really <laughs> nice guy as long as you're not talking to him about his words in his column. Oh. Like if you like if you if the lawyer if the team, if the company's lawyer says we have to change something and you have to be the person to call Phil and say like, but, yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Um, but it, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So there are a bunch of people at the New York Post who have a, a movie league, and I, I have heard of people having these before. But then, like, so I started working there in the middle of last summer, and I just heard them talking about this league over and over. And so when they asked me to join, I was like, yeah, sure. So it's basically you – one guy puts the whole thing together, and he puts all of the movies that are coming out in 2018 into categories. Okay. And so so it's not just – I guess the first year they did it, it was just – they went by gross. And that was when The Force Awakens comes out, and whoever took The Force Awakens won the whole damn thing. Like the, oh, you're you know, just <clears throat> oh, you're just betting because on it was just the whole the yeah, uh-huh. it's all the money the money they make, right? So for this now that they've they fixed it, basically, it's no more Star Wars movies. It's a, like a roto league. You have to take one one movie in each category, uh-huh. and then you're also so you're weighing like I had the fifth pick in the first round. You know, like Avengers went first, and so like the fifth pick comes up, and it's like okay, I can take Black Panther, which I think is maybe going to finish second in the superhero category or to, or should I have taken like the movie that I think is going to be the best comedy and get 10 points in comedy because mm. like t- 10 people uh, in the league. Oh wait, what are the, what are the categories? So there's, like, so there's a, a, a sexual awakening where a boy fucks a peach. <laughs> there's a superhero, uh, sci-fi, animated, drama, comedy, horror, Horror? Like uh, Pretty Woman? No, like horror. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty Woman 2. Pretty Woman Harder. Uh, Pretty Woman 2. What's the... uh, It Comes Awake at Night or something like that. I don't know what that is. Pretty Woman 2, colon, Cinder fucking Rella. (laughs) Uh, And then there's like an extra category for where you can... But anyway. Pot Pori. Interesting. So... uh, yeah, so my I took Black Panther in the first round, and I'm oh, so you're set. I'm feeling pretty good. Like I, I mean, I think it might actually even is it worldwide or domestic? Just domestic. Okay. If, it, if it was worldwide, I think it might even outdo the Avengers. But it's going to come close. Well, you think you close. think it's going to make more money than Infinity War? I think it's going to be close. Ooh, I don't know, man. That's all the Avengers. Yeah, what's it, what's it done domestically? I know it's over a billion it's worldwide. Over f- it's like five. It was at five twelve, five hundred. You could be right though. Yeah, I, I don't like think, the original. Think... The original Avengers movie. I say only only did like. Six twenty nine or six forty nine inflation. years. All of the all of the like all Avengers movies, whether it's like Winter, like uh, Civil War. The most recent, the Avengers two didn't do that. Well. No, but it Civil did, War did, did huge. Yeah, and that's because this. But that's that. But that's what I was, the point I was going to make is like, you know, Age of Ultron didn't get like uh, there, people weren't crazy about it, right. and it's possible that this giant inflated fucking right. movie with all the all the superheroes and like some of them dying and shit might not go over as well as like Civil War did. The, the single biggest thing that it has going for it right now is that Black Panther is going to be in it. Like oh, that, like, like the whole like, end of the movie. No, I'm, spoiler: the whole end of Infinity War is supposed to take place in Wakanda. Right, and so they're like, I do think that it, if it, I think there are more people who are going to see Avenger the Infinity War than 
maybe we weren't going to see, you know. Yeah. Oh, because of, eh? wait, Because what, Black wait. Panther has done so well. Well, I also Everybody think that, like, it. Civil War was huge because Spidey was in it. Not people were really curious yeah, about seeing Spider-Man amongst all these other people. What, what happens in this thing if, like, the movie comes out in, like, November? Do people just not well, pick that? No, or? yeah. Well, so there oh, were, like, great yeah. question. I'm already, I'm already, less, I'm already no, still no, less, less, less runway. Right. Right. You had to, there was a, there were definitely some November, December movies where I was like, I, I think this movie's going to do really well. But like somebody took a somebody took a Christmas movie in like the third round. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> like like and it was Chris, it was no, Christmas sentence. With, it was Christmas with the cranks. No, no, no. Like not not, not like like the Grinch is coming out in like November. That's like a, no. I mean like a movie that comes, uh, out, comes out, out on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Right. It's like that. You know, if that movie, you know, you could put a Star Wars movie out on Christmas Day, and it would, st- but it would yeah. o- only make. Whatever four hundred million It'd in the first like, six days, you know, top the... five for the for the year. Yeah. Probably, you're, so. you're, what, a, what a degenerate sentence that is. I don't know if I should draft this movie that comes out on Christmas Day in the third round. Oh, I love I love gambling. Gambling's and then, so great. I guess the the part that gets a little crazy is that obviously movie dates shift, mm-hmm. like release dates. So oh, yeah, like if I drafted a movie and then they whatever they delay it for six months, you're you have to like go pick up a free agent movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I love it. Oh there, and there was there was actually some question before our draft about when Creed Two is coming out. Oh, so <laughs> I, in my super sleuthing, found out that it was coming out on Thanksgiving weekend and not in 2019. So I got Creed a couple rounds later than I probably should have. So that was that was cool. I'm just Corey's ro- like I'm just rolling with Corey's like, hey guys, don't don't let anybody know, but I uh, I drafted Titanic too. One day later, <laughs> I found out Kevin Spacey's the captain. <laughs> I'm definitely rolling with Michael B. Jordan and my my fantasy team. Like we're, we're sitting there in my draft and we're trying to decide on Zach Kozart's position eligibility because he's playing third base this year and he and doesn't have any third base like, eligibility. And he's just he's like, like, what? IMDb, when is the next Minions movie? <laughs> is this eligible or not? I know way more about animated movies in 2018 than I ever would have known. Like, well, Incredibles 2 is coming out. Uh, finding about like the Teen eligibility. Titan, Teen, I, I drafted Teen, Teen Titans. Titans. Go to the movies. Yeah, I, yeah. I drafted Teen like, Titans. What's sci-fi and what's horror? The, like, did uh, you hear the news about that Teen Titans movie, by the way? So it's, it's an animated is. movie based on the Cartoon Network show, but Nicolas Cage is going to do the voice of Superman in the Teen Titans yeah. movie. He will finally play... What is, te- is Teen Titans just like teen cartoon it's a, it's versions of It's a cartoon based on like, it's like Robin and then a bunch of like you know, teen, it's mostly Justice League people. I think. Yeah, like yeah. they're like a step. So, but is it, is it like Muppet Babies, but like for superheroes? Like when they're younger? <laughs> no, I, I really don't know what it is. Yeah. No, it's not like Batman is a teenager. It's like Robin, uh, uh, Cyborg is a teenager, Beast Boy. It's like not. It's what, but the point are. is, is that Nick Cage is going to play Superman. That's pretty cool. Not playing Superman in that one. I hope he plays him like over the top too, and he's all like crazy, like coked up. <laughs> it's a cartoon. That's what I need. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> that would make it even better. <laughs> It'd be great if it was a cartoon, but then a live action <laughs> Nick Cage is Superman. <laughs> he just shows. He wants the shit out of that. He's like the nanny for like Muppet Babies. <laughs> yeah, he just comes yeah. in. You only see his legs. <laughs> you see the you legs in the cave. Voice. It's the bottom of the cave. <laughs> You know, you kids need to stop fucking around. Well, you can't say fucking a cartoon, Nick. Whoa! <laughs> I'll cast a Troy! Uh, Corey, where, where can people find your genius? Uh, well, I started working at this great website called The Athletic. Mm-hmm. So I think some people have heard of it. Um, Is there an athletic, like, slash Massasac where I can sign up and, like, you get the... You get code. the bonus or whatever. Is there one there of is codes? a there is a sale this week. That, no, uh, for the athletic. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Doesn't sound like the athletic. Yeah, no. I I do think if you sign up through the the New York City site, um, 
I might there might there might be a bonus of some kind for me. So there you go. Give yeah. Corey some money. Those those guys who played full full press for the Athletic are the top six seeds in your fucking playoff bracket. <laughs> yeah. Like they got to get some benefit, right? They got to get point. they got to get a little little something, <laughs> you know? Like maybe like maybe like next year free or something. Corey's know. Corey's great, by the way, and I was su- super overjoyed when he got the Athletic gig because. Uh, he will be on the beat for my favorite team, and he's a really good beat writer. So it's exciting to have that. Thank you, Grant. Until until the the devil's fortunes turn sour, and you can blame Corey. Corey starts writing. If they lose eight of the next twelve it. games, and everyone blames me for them not making the playoffs. Oh <laughs> no, it won't be your fault. It'll be Travis J- Zajac's fault. Um, Wait, by the way, out? can you believe how close Nico Heischer's eyebrows are to being a unibrow? And don't you think that he should just like connect them somehow, maybe with like a marker? <laughs> Jesus. No. <laughs> oh, what? Because what? he's new on the beat. He can't talk about players like that. I've just never once thought anything except what beautiful eyebrows he has. I never Bullshit. Did. Last week we talked about how his eyebrows are so close lush. together. It's like the targeting computer on a 80s video uh, game. That, that, was, that was you who talked about that. <laughs> I, I was in awe of his hair, uh, no matter where it is on his head. <laughs> All right, Corey. Thanks Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Our thanks to Corey Mastasik for joining us. You could, of course, of course, read Corey on The Athletic where he will cover my beloved New Jersey Devils. And you can probably get in at a good rate right about now. Yeah, you probably could. I'm, I'm sure if you are interested in The Athletic, you merely have to tweet at somebody who writes there and be like, I want to read you, name name my price. And then they, there's a chance they may pay you to read it based on <laughs> what I've seen. I mean, they've got enough money. $20 million. Yeah, I got I to gotta go back to Customs and be like, look, I want to raise. What did you think of Richard Deitch going to The Athletic, by the way? I don't understand. <laughs> You understand people paying for media news? Some, but like he's he's, but like it, it, like the running joke is always that like nobody calls him back. <laughs> you know, like that's mm-hmm. a, it's in all of his pieces. Like I contacted ESPN and nobody responded. Like I, I don't know. Well, good for him. Good let, for him. Let man. him get some money. He's, he's a he's, Toronto radio host. That that's that's actually weird to me. Like he was he's basically giving up the whole New York SI thing to be in Toronto. Yeah. Like well, I mean, a that's the strongest market for the athletic, and b apparently like he's. I mean, yeah. I, the times I've heard him on the radio with McCowan, he's been really good. So, that's the sunglasses guy, right? Yeah, and and honestly, like whenever I I think about the Toronto media, I'm like, this is all really interesting. But what if we imp- imported a guy from New York here? Like, wouldn't that be more interesting? And now they did. But like, Dice doesn't really sound like a New York guy. That'd be actually funny if he was like, oh, what's up with this Austin Matthews kid up here? I think he's gonna I think he's gonna just be Francesca going forward on the radio up there. <laughs> What and just like, but like he knows. Does he not know hockey? He knows hockey. He knows a little. Oh, I don't mean that he's going to ignore hockey. I don't think you can in that market. Can no, you? no. I just when you said Francesa, my immediate thought yeah. was that not knowing anything was was my that, that, that that's my recognition with Francesa. He's not going to be Francesa where he's like you know Al Albuquerque. There's no Al. Get off the phone. There's no Al Albuquerque. Like he's going to be like that. There's no there's no Aki Berg. That's not a name. <laughs> you know, like that's what I was that's what I was picturing. Well, if you want to go see Aki Berg or any NHL legend. There's only one place that you go to get them tickets, my friend. I know where it is. It's a place called SeatGeek, the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. If you're somebody who wants to go, for example, see your team play the Vegas Golden Knights, it's a very hot ticket in Vegas, maybe even hotter than Carrot Top. You probably need to use your SeatGeek app to find them good seats. Sweet SeatGeek app. Bop. What's the code? You could be anywhere and just with a few taps, instantly find seats. Best of all, listeners to Puck Soup get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code SOUP, S-O-U-P, 
and then get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code SOUP. Mm -hmm. But wait, there's more. SeatGeek has a special NHL offer running. First-time purchasers can get $30 off any, any NHL ticket between now and March 15th. Just use the promo code SOUP30, S-O-U-P 30, for $30 off any NHL purchase. Not just games between now and March 15th, my friends. Any game. If you've been eyeing a late-season matchup, act now and save $30. That's promo code SOUP30. That's SOUP and the number of Marty Bredore <laughs> for $30 off your NHL tickets. Or just go ahead and use the regular promo code SOUP. For $20 off any first-time purchase to any event. And we thank SeatGeek for their for their sponsorship. We thank everybody for tweeting their pictures at us uh, from uh, using uh, SeatGeek. That's you know, always a cool thing. You know what would actually help SeatGeek sell more tickets at this time of the year is, is the system that allows everybody to play a playoff oh my game. Because now you're, now you're going to go see that Ottawa game. Speaking of uh, horrible playoff formats that uh, don't know how to work out the draft lottery... As we speak right now on this podcast, the Coyotes 57 points, the Canucks 59 points, the Senators 61, Detroit 63, the Oil and the Habs 64. You skipped one. You scroll, scroll down all the way. Who, wait, who's left? Buffalo. Buffalo's in last. Oh, that's right. In Buffalo, too. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, boy, right? See, they've, they've already been seeing – if you, you have a system where it's like the premiership where they relegate teams. You've already relegated Buffalo to the AHL. I totally have. Yeah. What a – what are your thoughts on the on on the tank on the tanking uh, race at this point? Montreal really, I thought had a chance to lose all of its remaining games. Oh, sorry, Buffalo's fifth fifty. They're they're in the lead at fifty. They're points. they're 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 leading this. Yeah. Vancouver's interesting, but like Vancouver, if I see if Montreal had sixty two points, if they had just lost to the Stars the other night, I would give them a really good chance to close hard because they just have nobody left. They have no players, right? But they the, the Dallas Stars are the Dallas Stars. Right now, if I'm picking. Mm-hmm. I think I just got to... Ah, no, Wait, are I'm, you picking who's going to finish last or who's going to win the lottery? Well, I mean, I have no idea who's going to win the lottery. Oh, I do. It's Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Edmonton could still... That's the thing is like there, there's like pretty much like everyone below Chicago can at least have a really good chance of improving their odds in the last month. Like, But Detroit, eh, like all these teams are bad. Like if Ottawa had, had dumped Eric Carlson, they'd be in really good shape right now. Right. Vancouver and Buffalo, I think, are my two teams. Arizona, being the dummies that they are, are winning a bunch of games now because they're stupid and they're the worst run team in the league. Buffalo and Vancouver, I think, are my two my two best bets to finish 31st. Yeah, I, don't, I think the Coyotes have figured out their shit. And if Ranta gets healthy, then they're going to be – I don't think there's a chance they're going to finish with the worst record. I would go – Look, I'm, I'm gonna. I know that it's the chalk right now. I know. I'm gonna pick Buffalo because they know how to do this. It's chalky. They know how to do it, though. They know how to like, do it. Like that's the only thing they're good at. Well, they screwed up the one time they tried to do it. Oh, but, that's true. I mean, they, they're actually. Oh, so they should be Edmonton. Yeah. Good. So, so <laughs> can you imagine if if Edmonton winds up with Darlene and McDavid, and then Buffalo gets Eichel and whoever right. the hell the second best guy? If is? the NHL's okay, if we're gonna go straight up odds and the lottery balls. I bet you Buffalo wins the draft lottery. If the NHL is going to fix it, I bet Darlene ends up in Detroit. I was going to say Montreal. I think Detroit, if, if they were going to fix it, if Gary was going to reach in and grab some balls Ooh. and just jiggle those Ooh. balls and, 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 and pull cup out them, one. Cup them and caress them and pull them, them out. Cup them and caress them. I think that Detroit wins it because they've got a beautiful new arena and absolutely no direction as a franchise. 
So I would say Deline to Detroit would be the, the, the thing that they would do if, were they to fix it, which, of course, they, we know they but can't because Conor McDavid's an oiler. Doesn't that go against your whole – aren't you one of those people that hates the fact that a team can win the draft lottery more, t- more than one year in a row, as, which is two years in a row? Oh, no. Because I, of incompetence. You don't I, want to I reward it. I like the it. idea – I forget who – I think Gord Miller had it. I like the idea of there being a three-year cap on, on like, the lottery. Yeah, but so like, if you win it once, you can't win it for the next three years. Like that's no, 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 no. Like you can't win it. Like I forget what his his thing was. It was something along the lines of like you can't be in the top three for three straight years or something like that. So, so like if you finished first, like going backwards, first and third, yeah. and then you finished thirty first in the standings that third year, you couldn't not you couldn't you couldn't finish in the top three. Why, why are we complicated so can't, much? I, yeah, you're absolutely right. Guy who would seed all 32 teams. Why are we overcomplicating things? It's so easy in my <laughs> system. I feel, I feel like I'm on like an infomercial. Hi, I'm Dave Lozo. Hi, Dave. Are you tired of 16 teams only making the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> well, hi. Me me and – I don't know. Who's a, who's a, who's like a, Me and Swoozy Kurtz here are going to tell you about a brand new playoff system. And Swoozy's like, what is it, Dave? <laughs> it's called everyone. Fuck it. Everyone gets in. Yeah. But Dave, what if I want the Blackhawks in the playoffs despite <laughs> not having earned the right? Oh, that's easy. All you got to do is use this incredible new product. I should do an accent for the commercial show. You have to do a new accent for the product. Well, Smoozie, it's a right smashing question, love. <laughs> Blackhawks are all big revenue generators, so they're going to put it fit in and do the playoffs. <laughs> what? Fuck it. Everyone gets in. <laughs> But but Dave, what if I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan and would love to have three games involving my team despite not having earned it? Well, if you want them in the playoffs, it's quite easy. If you need it, then seed it. <laughs> see, you're you're you're, you're the, the, as more time moves on, you're going to start hopping on board and seeing it. I can tell it. I can see you, you're no. resisting it, but it's no, futile. This is this is the kind of cancer you don't want. Not not the cancer that like makes you thin and it's just like easily curable. This is a creeping cancer that I don't want. You want it? I can I, I can see it. You're going you're gonna to go home tonight and you're going to turn to Ruby and be like, don't tell Dave, but I really like it. <laughs> yes. Because, yes, in our sense, in our, our, our beautiful, <laughs> intimate moments, I turn to her and I didn't be say like, it was going to be an intimate moment. She, she looks into the... my eyes, look into her eyes, and I'm like, Dave Lozo. <laughs> and then she puts on a hazmat suit and runs away. <laughs> an intimate moment. Like, you're on the couch, like, cuddling. And I'm just saying, like, you're eating dinner and you're just going to be like, you know what? He made some good points. What is it, baby? Are you thinking about our dreams, our hopes, the future? Actually, I was wondering if the Coyotes are 31st <laughs> in Dave's playoff format. <laughs> Don't act like that's not going to be what happens. That's going to be what happens. The NCAA tournament for men's basketball starts this week. Have you done your bracket yet? <sighs> I did one on Sunday night, but I'm probably going to throw it away because I thought I was being cute and clever with one of my picks and oh. then... Everyone seems to have that what same one. What was the one. cute, clever pick you remember? Arizona in the Final Four. Hmm. But since then, I've realized that everybody has Arizona in the Final Four, and Virginia's missing their, their best sixth man, the sixth man of the year in the ACC, so everyone's going to have Arizona. So it's my too final, chalky. My Final Four are Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> See? you got to get away from that. Villanova. Who are the, who's the two and the three in the Arizona bracket? It's like North Carolina and... It's uh, Cincinnati. Oh, right. And uh, Tennessee. And Tennessee is the one everybody has losing to Loyola Chicago. That's like the big upset. Because they lost to Kentucky right. in the SEC. Here, here's, it just, I, I don't want to go through my whole bracket. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But here's my final four. Keeping in mind that I've, I don't know anything about college basketball. Mm-hmm. Except that what I, okay, how I pick the tournament. Okay. Because okay. We, we did want to talk about this. Okay. Is I go to ESPN, 
CBS, mm-hmm. and Yahoo. Washington Post is a good one too. For stuff. oh, like like Greenberg stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I take all their picks, and I'm like, which ones are similar? And I, I'm like, which ones do I think are most plausible? What do you mean, like similar? Like, take, like, like, take, like everybody I, agrees. I look on at it? all their trends and say, what are what are we in agreement on? What okay. can we? Where are the right and the left coming together in agreement on these issues? Like a Twix candy factory, like thing. a Twix sure. candy factory. Okay, okay. And so, what does everyone come to the agreement on? Everyone seems to agree that Michigan State, yeah, will come out of that bracket, and everyone seems to agree that. Villanova will come out of their bracket yeah, I like for the that. most part. I like Villanova. Now, here's where I am on the final four. I like Villanova and Michigan State on the one side of the bracket, and mm-hmm. I have Michigan State winning that game. Mm-hmm. Because Ryan Miller. No. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the bracket, I have Arizona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Sandra Bullock was a wildcat in speed. I mean, obviously. Why else would you pick them? But then I have... In the in that uh, the uh, U, uh, UVA bracket, oh wait, no, that's the that Arizona is the, one. U, the Xavier uh, in, bracket. In the Xavier bracket, aka the West, I have Michigan beating UNC. Wow. Xavier beating Gonzaga, Michigan beating Xavier, Michigan beating Arizona. What? So Michigan State. Oh my God. Michigan for the national fucking championship. What say you? How great would that be? I just want you to know that that Michigan State had to beat Rutgers in overtime on its home court during the regular season. Well, Rutgers is really good. It, and then what was this basketball? And then Michigan State lost in the semifinals of the conference tournament. That's they right. didn't get to the, they didn't get to the final. You know what? Everyone loves Michigan State, and I don't get it. Hmm. You know? Now, I, granted, it sounds like you've watched college basketball, so you might know more than I do. Well, I mean, I don't watch. I have like surface knowledge. Like I don't really have in depth, deep knowledge. But like right now. Here's 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 what I like to do. Every year, there's a one seed that everyone thinks is going to lose, and sometimes it's like Wichita State because they went 31 and one in their shitty conference, and everyone picks against them. What I like to do is figure out which which one seed that is, and then put them in the Final Four because it's like DraftKings. Like people win on DraftKings by going against the trends, and in my pool, there's like 600 people in it, so I. You can't just have all the chalk get there for sure. You need to nail your final four probably to win my pool. But like everyone's get, like I, I was going to take Virginia as that shitty one seed, but then they lost their their six man. So yeah. now I'm kind of eh. Uh-huh. So I want to figure out who. Like I'm the opposite of you. You want to figure out the trends and go with them. I want to I want to figure out the trends and then just go, go a away little, from them. little bit off to the side of it. Like Tennessee, for instance. Everyone thinks Tennessee is going to lose. Like I'm going to have a bracket where Tennessee is the final. I four. think the issue for me with with building a bracket is that, and I'm sure I'm not alone here. I fill out a bracket and then I look at it and it's like all one seeds and two seeds. And then yeah. you're like, okay, which one of these is not going to happen? And then you start outthinking yourself. You have to though, because like I think four one seeds have gotten there once in the last like thirty years. Like yeah. it never happens. Like right. a one seed usually not all the time, but one seed usually loses that one eight one nine game once a year. Right, it doesn't always happen. Do I have that this year? Let me see here. Like I, like everyone's gonna probably like Virginia, not Virginia. Somebody might play Missouri, and Missouri has that kid Porter who's supposed to be really good. So he yeah, might. I don't have that. Maybe I should have Kansas losing the seat in the hall. See, this is this is why you do more than one bracket. You do one bracket that's just your gut instinct. You go through it, you do it once, you save it, and you're done you don't go back to it and then you do the next one Ooh, and then you kind of maybe, maybe florida state beat savior florida state also almost lost to Rutgers. Oh, all right so you're basing your bracket on how I they do, fared against Rutgers. i do that a lot Rutgers is the bellwether <laughs> Rutgers is the canary in the coal mine like like purdue had a hard time beating Rutgers in the big 10 tournament when Rutgers was playing their third game in three days and purdue was rested so i 
I, I don't want to overdo that because that can backfire. But I mean, Michigan State on a neutral court this year hasn't been great. Haven't been great on the road either. They got smoked by Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Or no, they didn't. All Michigan final. Michigan State wins, by the way. Here's the, here's the one tip I'll give you. Oh, here it is. Don't get upset if you lose like a Final Four team on the first day because that happens. It, it's not the end of the world, though. It's not because I'll tell you a story. Oh. The last time I won my pool, Maryland beat Indiana in the final. In like Damn right they did. Oh two. Oh three, absolutely. I had Maryland beating USC in the championship game. USC lost like the five twelve game that year in the first round. Yeah, Harold Miner never really panned out. I don't know if that was a Harold Miner. It team. wasn't. He was like in the nineties. Yeah, that was, that was after that. <laughs> but like, here's the thing though: is like Indiana kept winning, and nobody had Indiana, so I was losing points. But so was everybody else. I had named a dog Indiana. Just saying. Don't you you want to, you want to have uh, the seventy five percent rule is the best rule. You want to have twelve out of sixteen. You want to have six out of eight, three out of four in the final four, and then nail your final. Mm. That's the rule. Mm. You can lose you can lose an elite eight team. You can lose two sweet sixteen teams, but just don't don't panic. You want to be eleven out of sixteen going into the second don't day. Panic! <laughs> I was born in the madness. <laughs> you really adopted it. I'm, the Alabama team has some guard too. Everyone loves. The question of the them. week was. Uh, what is your favorite combination of college oh. and team name? Did anybody say yours? No. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Athen writes in, Jack. the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. That's a very good one. Jay Rude writes in, the Evergreen State College Gooey Ducks. Now, you, we've talked about Gooey Duck on the show before. Gooey Duck is the large mollusk that uh, grows in a shell. It almost looks like what? a giant tongue. We have absolutely never talked about a gooey duck and it lives in a shell. Is it a sea creature? Yeah, it's like a fucking clam, but it's, it's like a giant clam. But it's called a duck? Yeah, gooey duck. G-E-O duck. Like geo duck, but it's called gooey duck. That's made up. That's not a real It's not made up. It's called, it's spelled geo duck, but pronounced gooey duck. It's not an actual duck. Geo duck is a PBS show about a duck that tells kids about the continents. But... Charlotte Wilder uh, of SB Nation writes in, the Colby Mules is a, is a team that exists. Colby Mules? NASCAR insider Hervin writes in. Is that the lady from uh, Scottsdale Community Avengers? College fighting artichokes? I can't verify any of these, but that sounds about right. <laughs> these are all people just making up stuff to see if we'll say it. Rob Quenville writes in, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I know that's real. Jackrabbits are for sure real. And then, and then uh, this one from... Uh, from TMB22392, uh, Campbell fighting camels is definitely real. And, and as is, as Jay points out, the US, uh, Santa, the UC Santa Barbara banana slugs, also real. Banana slugs, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me see this. Someone's, someone's giving me a nickname on here that I don't believe. That you don't believe? Hold on. This one can't be real. Is it what, Rucker Scarlet Knights? <laughs> I don't even know what a Scarlet Knight is. Somewhat, this is a this is a good one. This is sort of a popular one. Um, I mean, by that I mean like a well known one. But but it is a really fucking baller name. Uh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. That's a really cool name. The like a demon, demon, like a demon deacon that lives in a forest. Combination of those names would be really kind of a cool hmm. thing. I think. I think Slippery Rock's nickname really is the Rocks. <laughs> and then Nathan Mallet writes in the Wichita State Shockers. Which I don't think is a really great name for a team from Wichita, but Shockers, without question, is a hell of a fucking team name. A, a, a team nickname that allowed Dane Cook to have a comedy career for like 10 years. <laughs> the phrase Shocker. Dane Cook sold out arenas for comedy. His logo was the hand in the shape of a Shocker. Like yeah. that, that, was, that was his shtick. Yeah. 
I never understood. And I was in that, I was, I was a white guy in my twenties and I never fucking understood Dane Cook. I yeah. never understood it. Well, you know what? It was, it was comedy for both genders. Because it? it was like relationship comedy, you know? No, but it was, it was, but he was, and he was also a good looking dude that women liked. Yeah. People wanted to, to, to make, make the sex with him. But like his bits were just like, <laughs> were so weird. It was, he, he, he once did a bit for like seven minutes about crying into a mirror. Hmm. You, ever, you ever see that bit? No. It's a really weird bit where he's like, you ever just like force yourself to cry in a mirror? And everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, what? Who the fuck is that? Who's, is that a thing? And he's just like a seven minute bit. Is there a rock star comedian now? Like, like, like Dane Cook was. I mean, hmm. I guess Chappelle and Chris Rock would qualify still. But like, I don't think there's anybody like Dane Cook that's just like, oh, oh, that dude Fluffy. That, that that dude uh oh, that guy's terrible yeah too. but that's like a Enrique rock star now yeah yeah he, he once did a 20 minute bit speaking about bits that nobody fucking cared about he was in the the stripper guy movie um oh magic mike magic mike yeah he's one of like the the friend lackey types and he does a 20 minute bit about just being on the set of the movie that's it he just talks about like, being around <laughs> being around famous people oh man same thing happened to amy Crass, schumer when Crass she got famous is- like like comedians who get famous and then like tell stories about hanging out with famous people are the worst fucking comedians yeah. of all time. Like they forget why they're there. Like the except except oh. when it's like Kathy Griffin and her whole shtick is like talking about how fucking horrible celebrities are. I'm uh, sorry. I Thank don't, you. I don't. You, how often are you watching Kathy Griffin? Oh, all the time. I watch a lot of Bravo. Um, oh wait, no, she's been banned there too. All right, that's the show for this week. Uh, thanks to Corey Masasik of the Athletic, not the a- the Atlantic, not the Atlantic. No. Uh, for joining us. You're right for both, maybe. Um, and and making Lozo feel slightly better about, about his playoff format. He loves it. And thanks to everybody who supports the show. If you like the show, please go to iTunes and write a review. I, I've just been told by Chris Barino there's a new three-star review uh, that says, Greg is okay, but Lozo is a contrarian dipshit. Hmm. Um, so thank, thank – who is that? Thanks, Chris. Do you have a cousin that wrote that maybe? That or? was actually – that was Corey. <laughs> Corey did it on the way out of here today. So, so thanks to everybody who subscribes and, re- and reviews the show. Uh, all your reviews, good or bad, helps people find the show. And you can find my writing at ESPN.com. I have a huge story coming out this week on the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, boy. That originally was going to run the, before the Nashville game. And I decided <laughs> that we would run it a couple days after the Nashville game to give it some breathing room. Uh, and uh, my weekly column on Fridays, the weekly reader, is the uh, Puck Daddy-ish uh, writing on ESPN if you liked that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh, also I have a podcast called ESPN on Ice which is another podcast that I do that sounds nothing like this Dave um I mean everybody kind of knows all the stuff we do sure oh tomorrow hmm. tomorrow big I'm, I'm fixing hockey tomorrow Thursday yeah Thursday what Fic- are you doing fixing hockey all the ways hockey sh- all the ways hockey can be fixed and improved all of them there it is. I got to crowdsource that later today. I want to. So you, I want to do mine first and then get everybody. So else's. is it, it going to be sixty four ways to improve hockey, like a bracket type thing? Ideally, I wanted to get to sixty nine, but I'm I'm in like the low forties right now, and I'm kind of out of gas. So like, I would have to like you know thirty one thoughts it to like get it up to sixty nine for the sixty nine joke. What's amazing is that so I can't. I, do I, it. A lot of people probably don't know this, but like when when we wrote the book, the hundred players, uh, greatest players of all time book, that's available still on Amazon. Uh, Lozo did the list of the hundred. What was it? The hundred greatest sex names yeah and like the names that sound like sex stuff and the ease with which <laughs> he came up with that list was incredible what do you mean ease oh man i was struggling <laughs> once i got to like 50 like you really had to stretch after a while because like you know you once you go through all your dicks and peters mm-hmm. like you know you really there's that one guy whose name was like cummy Boston or something like that <laughs> cummy burton cummy burton his name was cummy 
I don't even think it was short for anything. His mom was just like, that's my boy coming. Luckily for Lozo, he started to look at pre-expansion rosters, and it was just like everybody was named like Dick Slap McGee. And it's like, oh, that's easy, man. Now, oh, now it's, it's gravy. The worst part was like you would go to um, Hockey DB, and like if you put in like – like I was just putting in like words like cunt <laughs> and then hoping there would be like a guy whose name was like Cuntovich, you know? <laughs> And, like, the thing was, there was a ton of dirty names, but they were all, like, Russian dudes that never played in the NHL, so I, so I, I couldn't use them. It sucked. Uh, Sergei Vaginovov. Right. It was, there, was, it was so, there were so many of them. Were, and, and like, you're like, oh, yes. And it's like, oh, he played in, like, the Russian. Oh, damn yeah. it. Forget it. All right. Thanks for listening to Puck Soup, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Support for today's show comes from Health IQ. Health IQ believes that the best way to improve the health of one... Oh, sorry, let's try it again. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Support for today's show comes from Health IQ. Health IQ believes that the best way to improve the health of the world is to create the health conscious through social and financial rewards. So they use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people that include runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and other healthy types, Dave. <laughs> now you're vegan. <laughs> I think that every time you say it, and I can't stop. I can't. It, Scott Pilgrim's been on like four times a day the last month, so now I've got that in my brain. Hasn't it been just paradise having Scott Pilgrim on all these times, too? I, 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 that movie's great. And the movie's fantastic. It's such a great movie. It's Edgar Wright's like third best movie behind Baby Driver and Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> to see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash soup or mention the promo code soup when you talk to a Health IQ agent. That's healthiq.com slash soup to get your free quote. If you're healthy, you're running, you're cycling, you're a vegan, healthiq.com slash soup to get your free quote. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got smoothly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box <sighs> soup.